Welcome back to Keeping It Real. I'm your host, Ed Smith, and in today's episode, I was joined by my great friend, Esther, and we had an amazing conversation about diets, her high school experience, mental illnesses, the current state of our country, a bunch of stuff. It was an amazing conversation. You're just going to have to tune in and enjoy. I was it's about like it's just media studies and production uh-huh. so like film tv podcasts radio what are you looking for when you're like st- um after i graduate i'm like really hoping to work on like a production team any kind of production team radio tv film in boston california anywhere like if i can be on a team and produce content that's the goal that's awesome yeah um, Do you guys have like class projects or anything to Mm -hmm. get there and set that up? Yeah, I take a lot of film classes. I took like film projects and stuff. Um, This semester, I take a class called Social and Cultural Issues Documentary Production. So I'm going to be making a documentary. (laughs) (laughs) That's dope. Yeah. um, Jaylene and all that, are they a part of that same major? Uh, so Jalen goes to UMass Lowell. She studies like environment uh-huh. stuff, policy, global something. I don't really know what's called. Like uh, like the law aspect of it. Uh, no, I don't think it's law. I uh, think she likes like working hands on, like kind of like sciencey stuff. Interesting. Yeah, and then Tati studies engineering at WPI, and Inez studies music education at UMass Amherst. That's awesome. Damn. Yeah. So we're all doing very different yeah, things. That's yeah. cool though. That's cool that mm-hmm. you just combine those interests though mm-hmm. you know but yeah that's awesome the like the media production and everything that's that's an interesting topic and like mm-hmm. i've learned so much about that just by like doing it you know yeah. what i'm saying like it's wild to because mm-hmm. at the beginning like so my sister she goes to school and she's a part of like like a it's called dap and it's um mm-hmm. dorchester art project and they do like blog posts and like stuff like that and events and she taught me a lot about like the insights and like what to look for on like mm-hmm. posting and stuff like that and I I did a, I looked into it for a little bit but it kind of took like the enjoyment away from me on you know what I'm saying because yeah. like, I don't really want to make like a career out of this or anything I just, just wanna, a hobby yeah it's just yeah. like a hobby right now and um but it is wild how much you learn from like just trying it out you just know? actually jumping into it yeah, yeah. that's why they always say like um, don't go to school for th- film or theater or anything because it's like everything you can learn you can learn from just doing just it. Just doing it. Yeah. yeah, it is wild. It's and like if you I don't know if you even saw my first Instagram post like I had a Agenda for it necessarily mm-hmm. and like literally First weekend like it just completely changed and every mm-hmm. like and there's been podcasts where I've done them and been like that didn't feel good like and actually like had to talk with the person and see if I were going to delete it or not, you know, like, really? yeah, there's, there's been some tough calls like there, cause I, it's crazy. Cause like I developed a brand, did it, not a brand, but like a style and like what felt right. Where, <laughs> <laughs> oh, see. he's so cute. <laughs> no, don't worry. I love, I love dogs. That's I good. I, I know. <laughs> I always forget to ask him then when, it's just cause I like, he just chills out during, during them. So he's not that big of a deal, mm-hmm. but I should probably ask before people come over more often. Yeah, because people might be allergic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know Brian Orm's allergic. He's allergic to, like, the dog saliva. If Brian ever asks me, I'll make sure. Yeah, make sure you let him know. <laughs> Though, like, he's been around my dog, and, like, he doesn't really bother him that yeah. much. But maybe if 
she licked him if he licked him in the face that might not be yeah. good <laughs> this isn't a big licker i don't know if that was funny that you know. <laughs> but hey relax but um yeah it's been awesome it really mm -hmm. has and like there's there's no goal to it like the only goal is just to spread people's stories and like Mm -hmm. talk about mental health and stuff like that and yeah. just work on what I feel like needs to be worked on. You yeah, know? I feel like your podcast, like, really, like, the one with Zach, like, when he was talking about his anxiety, it definitely, like, resonated with me and I yeah. was like, that's awesome. I didn't know anyone ever felt this way except for me. Like, there were certain things where he said and I was like, like, I thought this was just me. That's the biggest thing I've noticed is people tell me these crazy stories and they're like, and, like, your podcast has helped me because the one thing is I didn't know other people felt that mm -hmm. same way and felt stuck. And, like, that's that's the biggest thing is when everybody realizes we got we all have that bag of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. we all got something weighing us down. And it's way similar than we think. And, like, if we drop that ego, we could just work together, you know? Like, mm -hmm. it's that's the biggest concept is just working together. Like, right now we're so divided in every way possible, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's it sucks because division is... Where you get power and power is where you make money and our world's run by money and oh my gosh <laughs> you have no idea like i wrote i almost started a paper with like um oh, i forget what it was but i was like money equals power and power equals inequality like something like that and i was like are you recording all this yeah I, oh, okay. I, just, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know if you had to start recording or not <laughs> no i usually just do it when it sounds good because yeah it feels weird to like address it sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. and mm -hmm. but yeah because like money i've been th i have like a manifesto i live by that like i want to make it real but it's not gonna happen what do you mean it's called so it's called so there's capitalism Wait, communism exactly? it's like a manifesto is like this is like gonna sound like a terrible example but like mein kampf which is like hitler's book was hitler's manifesto uh -huh. where it was like kind of the principles he lives by okay. that like created nazi germany that's a terrible example but it's not all manifestos <laughs> are like that terrible and negative but like it's basically like principles to live by so there's communism capitalism um socialism and then commensalism so commensalism is a society that you live in where nobody makes any money and everybody has a job that benefits the society as a whole uh -huh. so it'd be kind of like a bus driver doesn't work for money a bus driver drives people around so that they can do their jobs so that people can see doctors so that yeah. like like Give farmers yeah like farmers don't sell their crops for money they sell their crops because there are people doing jobs for them uh -huh. for free almost <laughs> if that makes sense that's yeah i have a, it would never work <laughs> it will it will and i know you think so <laughs> i've thought about this immensely i like this is what my like a, a big thing is um this is what I want to do with my life almost mm -hmm. is create a farm that employs people in the sense they can work on the farm and then eat off the farm and yeah. like create living on the farm. Just make a whole new separate like utopia society. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? That's self-sufficient, no money, give and take, and like just no no higher ups, no working up the ranks. It's everybody's just there together, mm -hmm. you know? And like it's, it's possible. It's not not possible. The only issue with stuff like that, I would say, is it can become cultish. Yeah, I that can be an issue, and also like this stuff doesn't work on a large scale. It would have to be like smaller communities of people yeah. doing it. So I think like you would just have to be careful because it's kind of hard not to like have a society without leaders. Yeah, it's hard to do that. I get it. 
there's a difference in between leaders and what we have now, though, because we have people yeah. telling us what to do, mm -hmm. and a leader can just do the right thing and set that example, and then people follow it. And there's no what a real leader, a real leader. Like if you look at a wolf pack, the leader's at the back, you know, and he's mm -hmm. watching out for everybody else and still a part of all the work, you know, like. What, what we see now is we put leaders on a pedestal, give them the best pay, let them make all decisions, and then call that a leader. Like, that's not a leader, that's a person in power. In I agree, but also, like, it can be hard. Like, someone can be really humble and be a leader in a society, and then the power can just go to their head. 100%. Like, they can start off as, like, what you were talking about, like, the wolf pack. Like, they put others in front of themselves, and it can easily spiral into, like... Actually, you know what? I'm better than everyone else. I'm the leader. And that's what we've seen, to be honest. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's why I think it's it's not impossible. I don't think... Nothing's impossible. I mean, some things are impossible. People can't fly. I mean, other than airplanes. Maybe. But... <laughs> maybe. Well, I guess, like, those flying <laughs> squirrel relax, suits. Relax. Those flying squirrel suits. Yeah. That's people flying. So, I guess nothing's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... Things are difficult. Of things course. can be very difficult and like almost seem impossible, like against all odds. I think that's an end product of some where where we need to start to get to a point like that is have everybody begin to understand themselves. And Zach and I have talked about this, and it's the concept where once you work on yourself and you get to your self to a point where you genuinely love yourself, you genuinely look in the mirror and say you're happy, and you you've You've worked on yourself. You you've asked for help in along the way to for pointers and getting emotions out and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you did it to make yourself better. Then mm -hmm. you become confident, and when you have confidence, your opinions are clearer and your morals are better. And not better, but your morals are clear. And once it's like we're trying right now, we're trying to build a house. You say it's difficult because there's individual people who are in the wrong, like have the wrong state of mind. But say we get every or develop a wrong state of mind. Yeah. And say if we say if we develop the right state of mind and then let the end goal happen once we're all there and we build a foundation, we build a house on a foundation that's actually solid, you know, like right now we're thinking of an end goal where we still have those people in our society who aren't secure with themselves, who don't know how to feel about things, you know, and like that's, that's where I would, I don't know why you'd be like this, <laughs> but that's where, that's where I think it is possible, you know what I'm saying? Because like the past literally since quarantine has happened like I've just been working on myself and I'm at a point where I feel like if everyone just worked on themselves in like not in the sense that it's easy like it's hard it's hard shit you know what I'm saying like mm -hmm. a lot of people when I talk to them about diets and stuff like that they get offended because they're like you don't know what works for me and stuff like that and I'm like no I don't know what works for you I'm just telling you what has worked for me I'm trying yeah. to give you advice out of love like actually like Everything I do is trying to help people. I'm never trying to put myself up. I'm never trying to show you I'm better than you. I'm just trying to show you it's possible, you know? And, like, I talk about working out with people, and people are like, well, that, like, they just get, a, a lot of people get offended when I talk to them. Angie was talking about this on one of our podcasts, how a lot of people hate the things she says, and it's because it brings up the insecurities in them, and they, they think it's you. Wow. It's, yeah. it's a perception of what you're saying. Like, when I talk to... I don't know, I have friends who, like, want to get in shape, but they talk about it and they don't do it, and I, like, I bring that to attention, like, mm -hmm. you're talking about it, here's a plan, like, go do it, like, there's so much in life you can do, but, like, there is a discipline aspect of it, you need to go get it yourself, and, like. Yeah, I see that totally, like, my sister always complains about, like, oh, like, my friends are all skinnier than me, blah, 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 and I'm, like, 
work out, eat healthier, drink more water. Like, they're, like if you're going to complain about it, don't complain and say you're not going to do anything about it. Uh-huh. Like, if you're complaining because you've been working out and eating healthy and, like, things aren't working for you but and you've tried a lot, then, like, that's one thing. Yeah. And it's another thing to just sit around on the couch all day and be like... I'm fat. Yeah. You know? And But notice how people who do work out, drink water, do all those things you said, they stop complaining because it works. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Same. Like, um, I've been recent, like, I've been working out for the past, I would say since like March on and off, the past month and a half, very consistently. I've been really good. I kind of threw myself off. I went to North Carolina last week. Um, and yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Um, I went with um, do you know Jordan Oliveira? Yep. I went with his family. We're like my family's really close with his family. That's awesome. Because my brother's like his age, and then my sister's um, like friends with his little sister. Um, so we went to North Carolina, and I was like, I had been doing like a twenty eight day plan, like working out, and then it ended right as I left. And so I was like, I'm gonna give myself a week. A week off. Do what you feel. Yeah, it 100%. was it was worth it. It was worth it. But then I came back and I didn't start up again until yesterday. <laughs> it's fine. So, but like it's it's totally fine. Like I still feel really in shape. Like I've been doing the Chloe Ting. Do you know the two week ab challenge? No. No. She's like this like popular. It's popular on TikTok. I don't have TikTok, but um, it's like popular on TikTok. And I watch these videos of like a lot of people review it. And they say, like, on the first day, like, they can't do it without breaks, and it's super hard. And I did it, and, like, it was kind of nothing. It was, like, That's it awesome. was pretty good. And then I did it today, and I was, like, feeling even stronger, and I was, like, I feel good. That's awesome. And, like, yeah. a big thing with me, I've worked out since freshman year of high school, every, mm-hmm. every probably six days a week. And, like, for the longest time, I wasn't getting results and just complaining and being, like, it's my genetics. It doesn't work. That's mm-hmm. how it is. Looked at my diet, eating, like, not well. I was. I always paid attention to my macros, but I always ate too much. I ate, I didn't check up my time periods and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like, a lot of people are also like, <clears throat> don't fixate over your diet in your workout schedule. And I always didn't understand what that meant because I was like, if you don't like fixate on it and don't concentrate on it, how are you gonna get better? But mm-hmm. at the beginning of quarantine, all or not the beginning. At a certain point in quarantine, when I knew I had to get my shit together, yeah, I just started Same. doing exactly <laughs> what I felt. And like really paying attention to myself, like, are you still hungry or are you eating for the taste? Like, because you're bored. Like, yeah, eating, exactly. Eating and bored. like, just like, do you want to work out today or do you need to rest? Like, there's days where I'd push myself. The thing with me is I would work out so much because I thought it would just make me better, but you need that rest. And like yeah, now I'm at that point where recovery. I'll just I'll just take the day because I'll feel it, you know. And mm-hmm. like, or today do you feel like doing a workout or do you feel like doing yoga like just paying attention to your body that's exactly like um i was starting to focus on my diet and i just i told myself carbs are bad you can't eat carbs i gave up rice i stopped eating bread pasta like i was like i'm not eating this stuff anymore and then two weeks later i had like fatigue and you need carbs yeah and that was the thing it's like there's this like toxic mindset of like carbs are bad for you because if you overeat them then you gain weight Uh but like Eventually, I started listening to my body, and I was like, I need at least, like, bread every day. Yeah. So, I start now I eat bread every day, multigrain, at least, because, uh, like, white bread's not good for you. But, like, I still don't really rice that often, but, like, I've been listening to my body, and I was like, I need carbs to have energy, and it's it's been working so far. A hundred percent, and in my, my process with it, like, there, there was a point, 
like literally each week. I, so one week I'd figure out, feel great, and then I'd have something and I'd feel like shit, have to like literally take two days off of eating and figure it all out. Like it was a process and there was one point, it got to the point where I was eating no processed foods, not on purpose. This is just what was making me feel good. Same. And That's what's been happening to me recently. 100%. Yeah. And, I, and I had this one fit crunch protein bar I'd eat every day at work mm -hmm. and it was... If you look at the package, it was perfectly fine for my caloric intake, my protein intake, like it worked out. But for some reason, I like felt like shit for two weeks, two weeks straight, like literally the worst I've ever felt in terms of my stomach. And it was, it was like, all right, you got to take out that bar. And now I'm at a point where I eat so healthy, not because like I need to eat healthy. It's the only thing that makes me feel good. Like I can't mm -hmm. eat. I literally, I ate one Pop-Tart the other day because I wanted the taste and <laughs> yeah. I, my stomach killed me for two days. Like, and it's just because of how clean I've gotten my body. It's wild. Yeah, I, I like 100% can relate to that recently. Like if I eat just too much sweet or, you know what the thing is with me? If I eat something sweet on an empty stomach or something mm -hmm. super sugary on an empty stomach, that's migraine. awesome that you know that instant migraine i can't do it i like can't eat sugary things without at least eating like an apple before yeah or anything like that and like slowly like i'm starting to see like i can't eat any of this stuff at all luckily ice i love ice cream i'll never give up ice cream i've <laughs> yet to get sick on ice cream if i ever get sick on ice cream that was i'm gonna be really sad but <laughs> i guess i'll get rid of it <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened to me i i can't eat dairy at all i oh, can't really? that's because you you're you're vegan now um, I'm not vegan yet. I'm going to get there. That's another, mm -hmm. that's another challenge because, because of how active I am, I cannot get rid of eggs. It's just, I can't, mm -hmm. like if I don't have eggs, I've tried doing oatmeal and it's like, I haven't eaten anything. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And like, I'll put bananas, honey, like I'll cut up fruits and throw it on there. And like, it just doesn't work out. But a big thing in my whole life I was told is you're not going to gain muscle without a protein shake that's made from either whey or casein mm -hmm. or... Uh, creatine and like so I do that and I did not realize how shitty it was making me feel and then like it's literally gotten to the point where I need to take plant-based protein too like mm -hmm. my body is lit like I don't I would say this I don't want to be a vegan like I really like meat but <laughs> yeah. like my body is almost forcing me to you know what I'm saying yeah. mm -hmm. and it's wild because over time I've literally had to just cut out more and more and now I'm down to Fish and eggs, those are the only two things I still eat. And, I mean, if someone's going to cook me a burger, like, I'm going to eat it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, I can't do vegan. I just can't do it. First of all, like, I've never had a problem with dairy in my life. And I'm, like, really scared that if I tried to cut dairy out of my diet, that I'll, like become lactose intolerant or something yeah like i'm scared that i'm not going to be able to have dairy anymore and i just i love ice cream like i drink milk with my coffee every morning and if um, it feels good just keep doing it yeah and like i've I, i've never had a problem with dairy at all my sister is kind of lactose sensitive but like i swear like they say we don't have an enzyme to digest lactose i, I have just, it I, I swear to god <laughs> i have it i just watched this video on this um it was a Joe Rogan clip and it was a doctor and he was describing how 5,000 years ago is when we started to domesticate animals mm -hmm. and that's when we um, started to drink milk when there was a lack of water or like mm -hmm. the water was contaminated and he uh -huh. said then peop that's when it had some people were being born with the enzyme continuing to be there because they were grown their parents were drinking it as before they were even thinking of having kids. So like mm -hmm. literally just evolution. So yes, you probably do have it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's not all humans aren't all the same. It's 
I didn't know that. That's really the interesting. The statistic is like 50% of adults can't have it, but like that other 50% still have that enzyme mm -hmm. because over the time of domesticating animals and drinking milk through our childhood into adulthood, like some humans have created that enzyme mm -hmm. to stay there forever, you know? And like, if it works for you, like that's your, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that's the biggest thing when people ask for diet advice. I'm like, I know it works for me. And it took me a long time to get there. And you can watch YouTube videos, you can watch all this, but it's literally, you have to experiment and you have to go through the shitty times to figure out what's gonna yeah. make you feel good, mm -hmm. you know? So, I, I, dairy is like, I have to have it. And then meat, like I'm Brazilian, so like, meat is such an important part of our culture. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can't go anywhere to anyone's house without them being like, I'm gonna have a shuhasco today, which is like a Brazilian barbecue, mm -hmm. which is like when they throw steak on the grill and they're like, eat it. And they, you just eat it all day long. I can't go to a single place without them grilling meat. Nobody in Brazil is like vegetarian or anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously there are vegetarians, but like, <laughs> n like most people aren't, especially not like Brazilian Americans. So like nobody is conscious of vegetarians like they don't cook being like there's a vegetarian there might be a vegetarian coming over too yeah, yeah. so i can't get rid of meat i can't get rid of dairy i have the same thing with eggs they're so good for you and i eat that i eat them basically every day because yeah. of like how healthy they are and they're super filling yes. like you have th you can have three eggs for dinner and like that's a filling dinner for me at least like i don't really eat much but, like, they're so filling and so good for you that, like, I can't get rid of that either, so. That's a big thing with becoming vegan is, like, right now I'm trying to put on more muscle because, like, that's just mm -hmm. the part, like, that's what I want to do. I just want to be more muscular. And you, I can do that with plants and I can do it with beans and I can do it with other protein components. But the thing is, like, the amount of food I would need to be eating would make me feel, like, uncomfortable it would be like 4,000 5,000 calories of oh plants and shit like that and like that's that a lot. yeah I, can't, I don't even think I eat like a thousand calories a day I that's a little well I, I, maybe that was an exaggeration <laughs> I, I definitely eat less than 2,000 calories a day well but like I, it's that's typical and if it makes yeah, you feel good like, it's it's because like you have to put yourself in a calorie deficit because I'm like kind of trying to lose weight a little um I, feel, I always feel weird saying that I'm trying to lose weight because there's such a stigma around, like, weight loss and body positivity and it's, stuff. It is interesting, and I see, like, I'm not trying to call anyone out, but I see this in my family a lot, too, where they're like, oh, I'm, like, I'm trying to lose weight right now, and they're like, oh, I'm trying to lose weight, you're on a diet. And when someone says that to you, it's because they're not trying to lose weight, and they feel bad about not trying to lose weight. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. when someone, like, makes that stigma about it, if you're trying, like, I'm trying to lose weight, but I'm also trying to put in muscle, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, whatever you're trying to do, that's what you're trying to do, and, like, take pride in trying, like, trying to better yourself, you know what I'm saying? It, I, I do get mm -hmm. the stigma, because a lot of people say it, but, like, that's created by egos. Like, if you're just yeah. going after it and doing your thing and seeing results, like, who cares what the title is, you know? It's hard for women, though. I do It's, it's like, really hard for women. Also, like, there's, like, I feel like there's an extra stigma layered on top of me because I feel like people kind of, like, I don't know, you come off as kind of arrogant or, like, I don't, I don't know what the word is, but you come off, like, weird when you're, like, kind of skinny and you tell people that you're trying to lose weight you know, I don't know how to explain it. It's because, like, I, I hate talking about my body around other people because, one, like, I don't know about their insecurities and I don't want to make them feel bad. And the thing is, is, like, I realize that, like, I kind of have, like, body dysmorphia issues and I don't want to trigger anyone. But, like, 
like I feel like when I complain about my body, I kind of feel bad because I'm like kind of skinny. Like, but it's the thing is like, and someone else might view it as like, oh, just like another skinny girl like complaining. I about get what you're Whatever. This is this is where we're getting in a dicey situation with our society that, like you said, like every conversation's on eggshells like that almost. Yeah. And I think we just need to drop the ego. There, like. The reason why other people get angry and get into, like, like you said, is just insecurities of your own. And once you can release those insecurities and work on them freely, like, there's no judgment. Like, a lot of people who, I see a lot of people go to the gym. Like, I've seen, there's a woman who goes to the gym who's, like, 350 pounds. And, like, Mm -hmm. no one makes fun of her. No one talks shit about her. Everybody is. And no one should. (laughs) Because she's there. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's, like, anyone who says anything, they're not, like, they're not there. You know what I'm saying? Anyone who actually goes to the gym, they're proud as hell of her. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's, with the, like, it's, I understand what you're saying with the conversation. And it's just like, you could, like, when you talk to people, I don't know. I'm not a girl also, so it's very different <laughs> yeah. for me. Yeah. But if it's like, these are my insecurities, these have nothing to do with you. Like, when you're talking about it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, they're like, this is why... Like, I feel like this, this is what I want to work on, and this is me. Like, I'm not talking about you, I'm not comparing you, this is literally mm-hmm. just me talking about me, you know? I feel like it's, it's like more of a me problem. It's, it's definitely a me problem, because I know that there are some people who, like, I could talk about, like, my insecurities or whatever, and they're not judgmental about it at all, or, like, they might, like, be proud of me for, like, sharing or whatever. But, like, in my own mind, I'm scared that they are insecure. You know what I mean? Like you said, like, people people who have their own insecurities you are the type of people who, who might, yeah. Like, people who are insecure are the ones who might attack you. And mm-hmm. I'm afraid that that person is insecure. So, I almost feel like I have to pretend like I'm yeah. happy with my body. Like, there have been times where, like, people were like, I tell people that I exercise or diet and they're like, oh, like, you're trying to lose weight, and then I just flat out lie to them, and I go, no, 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 I'm fine. Like, I'm just trying to be healthy, because I'm just, like, afraid of being, like, it yeah. It is such a weird, it's, it's such really a weird, weird concept that, like, I cannot understand fully because I'm not a female. I mm-hmm. totally get this, but it, it, from an outside point of view, it is so odd that it, it's, I mean, no, it isn't so odd. It makes sense because there's been this societal image for women that's been made and it mm-hmm. like it's tough because it every girl feels like they need to reach that point yeah every no matter who you are like i i know every girl feels like they have to reach that point and it's horrible it's absolutely horrible and i think that's why this cup co- those conversations happen you know mm-hmm. and i don't think everyone like strives for that but i definitely think like um there are i personally like I don't know if this is toxic mentality, but I find some of those, like, Instagram bodies, like, kind of obtainable in a way. For me, at least, like, I'm not that far off from, Why is like, that toxic? Because they're probably not obtainable. <laughs> Every, anything's possible. I mean... No, but I mean, like, in the sense of, like, those images are photoshopped. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, like, I mean, not everyone on Instagram photoshops. Most people do. But, like... I just, like, see it and I'm like, why can I be like that? Like, I can't be like that. I need to try to be like that. Almost. For who, though? Like, at any, like... But why, name, why, name why do you want to be like that? For you, who? You know what? I was thinking about this. 
it's really not for anyone else. It's for me. And once, like, that's a big thing. A lot of girls, what I've seen is they're doing it for other people. And myself, I was, I was working out and trying to get big for women. And once I started, I transmutilated that energy for other people. I got control of my sexual energy and just did it for myself. That's mm -hmm. when I saw results. Once I started making myself feel better, I look better. People mm -hmm. say look good, feel good. It's not like that. You feel good, then you look, look good. good. Yeah. You know, and like when I was talking to Jen Maciel, she said she she was talking about this how like she's seen the most improvement in her body and like she used to always love dressing up for proms and stuff like that and doing certain things and like a lot of people would be like oh who are you dressing up for tonight and she would tell them me like myself yeah. and it like it makes sense like me I got earrings and like people were like why do you why did you get they earrings? look so good by the way <laughs> I appreciate it but. I've always wanted them, so mm -hmm. I did it because I knew I'd feel like myself, you know. Mm -hmm. And like, once you start, once people start doing things for themselves, they stop worrying about other people and stop worrying what people think, and they stop playing to their insecurities and stuff like that. I I kind of have to disagree a little. I do think like may, there are. I think the reason why I like speaking from personal experience, I do think that there are some people who. They have, they set the bar too high for themselves. Uh -huh. It's not an issue of like, they're insecure because um, they want people to view them a certain way. They're insecure because they don't view themselves at where they want to be yet. Like, I would say like, for me personally, I've kind of never really kind of cared what people kind of think of me. Like, I, I do things because I want to do it. Like, when I got my nose pierced, like... My parents were, my dad always says, he's like, you look better without your nose piercing. He actually says he doesn't like it at all. And like my mom says too, she's like, I don't like the ring. Like I prefer the stud. You look better without a, a nose piercing. But to me, it's like, I took it out once because I had to take it out to take my Brazilian passport picture because they don't allow facial piercings. And I just remember staring at my face and being like, you look boring. Yeah, like, you don't look like you. You yeah. feel and look like you now. Yeah. And you look great. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and, it's, and that's like, it's a, it's difficult, like, it's like you said, like not being able to take a picture because you're not allowed to have facing piercings is like just telling someone who to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's I think well in in the Brazilian passport regulations defense, um, I think it has to do with um, being able to recognize your face. Oh, fair Because if you have a ton of facial piercings, it can be hard yeah, to. Yeah like recognize if the person in the picture is actually the person you're seeing. And also when you're going through TSAs, would you have to take earrings out because they're metal? No. Oh. Like do you, uh, do people who have like screws in their knees, it doesn't go uh -oh. off. People with piercings, it never goes off. Yeah. But um. I think it detects like a certain amount of metal or a specific type of metal. <laughs> so like earrings, like screws in your knees, stuff like that doesn't doesn't make it go off. I've never had an issue with it. Mm. I know like your belt could make it go off though and stuff like that. Um, I had something to say. What were we just talking about before? Uh, how people... No, your what was your point? You oh yeah, so my it. point was like sometimes like mental illness doesn't stem from the fact that you care about what other people think about you. It stems from the fact that you're not happy with the way you are because of yourself. Do you think that's important though? The way you view yourself. But do you think it's do you think it's good to not be happy with yourself for some point of time? Ooh, that's, that's an interesting question. The only reason I'm happy with myself is because how much I didn't like myself. Yeah, I think 
I think if you're not, I think there's, there's a difference between not liking the person that you are, being content with who you are, and then being satisfied with who you are. Because there's not liking the person that you are, that's really toxic and it can lead to lots of issues and I don't think that that's ever an okay mindset to be in. There's being content with yourself and being like, you know, I'm happy with where my life is at and there are goals that I'm trying to reach that I'm not there yet, but I'm gonna try to reach those goals. Uh -huh. And then there's being satisfied with your life, which is kind of being like, I have no goals. I'm happy with where I am. Uh-huh. And you think, well... I think the, the goal is balance. the middle one. Is the balance. Is, is, yeah. The being content and being like, I'm happy with the way I look and the way that I feel, but also, like, I have goals that I'm trying to meet. And I feel like right now I'm in the more um, not happy with myself kind uh -huh. of area. For me personally, I needed to not be happy with myself mm -hmm. to motivate myself and this was just my, the way my mind works mm -hmm. is and it's totally and, personal yeah and like I was in that middle ground in a sense though because I did not like looking at myself in the mirror but I still had that mindset that every day you're getting better you know what I'm saying so I was satisfied in the fact that I'm getting better every day but still not satisfied with my body and still not satisfied with the way I felt you know and like I think that also has a great importance because once you hit that, once you look in that mirror for the first time and say you're proud of what you've done and the fact that you did it yourself, it makes it, your self-confidence is through the roof, you know, mm -hmm. like it, it, like that's the only reason I was able to put that post on Instagram is because of how much confidence I got from just working on my body mm -hmm. and like setting the bar. I do understand what you're saying where you set the bar so high, it, it kills your spirit in a way where you're like, it seems unobtainable and stuff like that, but you there's a concept of taint, like when you can tame your mind and then control your body, it there's so much gratitude and there's so much confidence that follows that. And like that hard time of not actually liking yourself and not being able to look at yourself, but keeping that contentment of I am improving and there is a future I'm going to like myself. Mm -hmm. it, it hardens your mind and you, it, it makes it all the much better when you have those good moments like right like I say this a lot now too is I have a lot of bad days in the sense that like emotions come back that I didn't know I had thoughts come back I didn't know I had memories I had whatever stuff comes back but once you detach your spirit from your body and mind and realize that those aren't yours and you can acknowledge them and see them for what they are but don't attach yourself to them you can just continue to improve and those bad times become the learning times and it's almost better because you learn how to get yourself to a good place the good times feel great but the bad place but the bad places teach you how to get back to those good times which i find way more valuable like mm -hmm. yesterday i was having a bad day but in like emotionally i did not feel good but my spirit knew is was what i needed because of how good i felt the past week you know I don't know. I because I see where you're coming from, but I think like there's a point of like lowness where I think it's just too much and it it's not really positive. Mm -hmm. It can't be positive. Like um I can think of like times when like maybe I wasn't happy with myself and um like they motivated me to become better. But then I can also think back to times where it was like I was like really, really unhappy with myself and like in such a bad place 
that like I wish I had never reached that point before. Yeah. You know what I mean? What was like, happening? So, okay, this is gonna be a bit of a story, <laughs> and I'm I'm not gonna give any names because that would be really Whatever terrible. You're with, just... But junior year was like garbage for me. It was terrible. This tends to be a thing for girls. Junior year seems to be the year. Really? That, yeah, mm-hmm. I've noticed this lately. I like um. I've never opened up about this before, so this That's is kind awesome. of, yeah, but so the beginning of junior year, like fall, I was running cross country. I was the happiest, healthiest I've ever been. It was amazing. It was like, I was on like a high and then around like the end of October, beginning of November, I feel like everything just kind of like crashed and I just felt so bad. Like I had like really severe depression to the point where I was crying myself to sleep maybe almost every night. And like I share a room with my sister mm-hmm. and like we had bunk beds at the time. And like I remember just like burying my face in my pillow, trying to be as silent as possible every night because I was like, I like I don't want her to know what I'm going through. And like I don't want anyone to know what I'm going through. And so there were three people who knew what I was going through. And they were not the people who were closest to me. These were three people who I was like kind of friends with. They knew what was going on and nobody else did. And then so the people who were closest to me were even like, they were saying, no, as like they, they, one person in particular told a few people like Esther's not doing good. And all of the people like around me that were like really close with me were like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, she seems fine. She seems fine. And like, they didn't even know I was crying myself to sleep every night. And it was really, really garbage. And I think it, it had to do with kind of social life. And so I, I was hanging out with these three people. We were kind of like a group, like the four of us. And, um, I was really happy beginning of junior year. And then like when things started to go downhill and I started to feel like excluded from them, I would hang out with them and I'd be kind of a bummer. Like I'd be, I'd sit down, I'd be really quiet, I'd be kind of sad, like I wouldn't really say much. And one of these people told the other two people that they didn't want to hang out with me anymore because I wasn't fun to be around. And, you know, those three people knew what I was struggling with. They knew that I was depressed. And instead of trying to support me, this one friend in particular was trying to get other people to help me by telling other people what was going on with me and distancing themselves from me and taking away two of my good friends from me because I was a bummer to be around. And I only ended up finding this out the summer before senior year because one of those two people that that person was like trying to take away from me also got burned by that same person and so he like told me oh, i was trying to keep genders out of it but <laughs> he told me like hey like she was talking shit behind your back and she was saying this stuff and at that point i was like i don't want to be friends with this person ever again like they knew i was severely depressed and they distance themselves from me and tried to take two of my close friends away from me and then like I tried to be civil around that person all of senior year and I just couldn't do it yeah 
I couldn't do it because it was like when someone it's just you got stabbed that, in the back. Basically, yeah. And this was someone that sophomore year I considered a really good friend. A really good friend. And for them to just be like to for them to not want to be around me anymore because or not want to hang out with me because I was depressed. Just like I don't know, like that just sucks. Yeah. You know? That shit hurts. Yeah. Because and then, it's like you can't control that and then on top of that they're making it your problem. Yeah. And on top of the depression, I was having panic attacks like every three weeks. Yeah. Which That's like result of it, of course. Yeah. Like, um every three weeks doesn't sound that bad. I know some people have panic attacks like really often. But like for me, like now I can't really remember the last time I had a panic attack, maybe like a couple of months ago. Or like a few actually like maybe like half a year ago. So like for them to be so close together at that point was actually like kind of big, a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. And it just like wasn't Any good. Any attack's a big deal, let's yeah. be real, that shit's scary. Yeah, I even like had, like there was one night in particular where I like was scrolling through Snapchat and like, cause my main thing was like how excluded I felt by them. I think it just pushed me deeper and deeper and deeper. And seeing it on social media. And I saw them like hanging out and like I had asked if they were doing anything and they didn't include me that night. And then I had a full blown panic attack and deleted my Snapchat. And I was like, I am done looking at what other people are doing cause this makes me feel shitty. And I deleted it. And a few months later I did get it back um, because like I would I would text pictures to my closest friends and I was like, this is basically just Snapchat on text message. <laughs> so I got it back and now I only have like 10 people on Snapchat. For a while I was like lying to people and saying, oh, I don't have Snapchat anymore. But now I like, I don't mind telling people that I have it, but I'm kind of like, I'm not going to add you because we're not close. Yeah. Which I, I think that. is fair. But like. And that's your preference. Yeah, true. Of course. So like, I don't know, when you like. I felt like when I got to that point where I was like so low, like I even got to the point where I was like kind of hurting myself and like every night where I'd like cry myself to sleep, like I would have like kind of suicidal thoughts. I don't ever want to feel that ever again. I don't think that experience made me a better person. I think I would have gotten to the point where I am without that experience and like it was nice to like find out that that friend didn't care about me, but honestly, like I probably wouldn't have been friends with them by now anyways, because yeah. we would have gone off to college and I honestly don't see myself being close to that person anyways. So like, I see what you're saying with like growing from bad that's experiences. A, that's farther than I'm saying though. That's farther. Like, yeah. That's like, a point that no one wants to hit. Yeah. Like it's not like. I learned some big lesson from being depressed and suicidal or like where like I feel like if I didn't experience that I wouldn't have become the person I am like no it was just a really shit time <laughs> that I never want to experience ever again and I don't want anyone to experience that ever either. How'd you get yourself out of it? Um so honestly I don't really know it kind of just happened on its own I think you know what it was I stopped I I started being more comfortable with being alone and being excluded. I started to realize like, I don't need to be invited to everything. Being home alone, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for weeks in a row, there's nothing wrong with that. If anything, now I really enjoy it. And like my cousin was living with me at the time and she's like my best friend. 
So like having her around a lot kind of helped too because it felt like even though like I wasn't hanging out with my friends like I would be home with her and like I wasn't feeling I was alone but wasn't feeling lonely kind of thing you know I hear what you're saying so like I think just starting to be comfortable with like not always becoming your own friend yeah like not being always being socially active or not always going out and not being upset when people make plans without me I think that's when I started to be comfortable with that idea I started to pull myself out of it it's very hard to be comfortable with that though that's impressive it's, yeah it's it it was a struggle <laughs> but like I got when I got to that point like now like I've never lost it mm -hmm. like I don't I'm not offended when people don't ask me to hang out I'm not um, upset. Because let's if be I, real, yeah. would, you, would you want that pity invite and then not want to feel like, would you want to be at a place where you don't feel like you want, you know what I'm saying? Like what's better, yeah. being with yourself where you do want to be with yourself or being somewhere where you could tell you not wanted, you know? Yeah, and there were like, there were times where like I would go somewhere and I would even feel like I don't really want to be here and like I would start to feel like really anxious because I was like, I like, I don't even know why I'm really here and then be like, Hey guys, I'm not feeling well. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd leave. I'd take myself out of the situation because it, it even got to the point where I was like happy to be alone or happy to like have that reset, that social like reset where I could. That's awesome. Be with just myself, just watch some that's Netflix so important. and sit down and rest. Yeah. That's so. That's what I've realized too. I'm almost came from an opposite point where you get invited to so much and feel obligated to go like you're not gonna mm -hmm. like you're gonna miss it you know like like FOMO yeah mm -hmm. exactly and it's the same thing like it's it's hard to be be your own friend sometimes because we're never taught to sit with ourselves but that's what that's what quarantine did for me to be honest mm -hmm. is taught me how to become my own friend you know yeah. and it's a tough process but so you 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 learned how to be friends with yourself and this is what towards the end of junior year or yeah I would say I like really snapped out of it by like the summer and you never did meds no you did ever go to therapy uh I've been to therapy but not it wasn't for the depression I have OCD too uh -huh. I, I went to therapy for my OCD when I was like a sophomore what do you talk I don't know if you don't mind me asking what do you what is therapy for OCD like so um OCD is like it's kind of like there's different types of OCD. My OCD mostly comes from like germophobia, like washing my hands. Mm -hmm. And I hate touching like doorknobs and stuff. Like I don't touch like door handles or anything like that. And like checking. This is all pre-COVID too. Yeah. This <laughs> You're always is, like this. Yeah, this is like, it started to happen. I wouldn't say like the warning signs were there around eighth grade but I didn't really find out until sophomore year. But, um, and then I have like a checking thing where um, I always have to check if my backpack, my purse, and my wallet are zipped all the way. And um, I have so to check every night that all of the windows in my house are locked and that all the doors in my house are locked. Hmm. Yeah, so um, therapy for, for OCD, it's more of like you sit down and you talk about like, you know what maybe whatever your issues are some people have a counting thing I don't have a counting thing where like they count the steps where they go down the stairs or they count the blocks that they walk around the street and like if they mess up they have to start over they have to go all the way back from where they started yeah. and start recounting I don't have that but um 
you talk about like, oh, like this week. Oh, and before my therapy, I also had a problem with, I couldn't sleep with my closet door open and I couldn't sleep with my room door closed. That's so interesting. So after the therapy, I was like, I completely got over the closet thing. I can sleep with my closet door anyway. And, um, and it's not like a fear of anything being there or anything. It's just the concept of it just being open. Yeah, I don't know what it was with the closet door thing. Some, Because sometimes a lot of my stuff stems from, so the hand washing thing stems from the fact that I'm afraid of getting sick. Uh-huh. And I'm also afraid of getting sick and getting other people sick. And then the checking the doors thing is I have a really big fear of my house getting broken into. Or like being murdered in my sleep. <laughs> Yeah. They're so irrational. I know they're so crazy. But, like, I just had, I don't know why my brain is just like that. It's, fear is powerful. Yeah. And then the backpack thing and the wallet thing. So, the wallet and the purse thing is I'm afraid of things falling out of my wallet and purse. And then the backpack thing is I'm, like, embarrassed of people seeing me with my backpack open. Hmm. Because the thing is, is, like, when someone walks around with their backpack open, like, you know it's not on purpose. So it's kind of like a sense of like, my backpack is open and someone sees it and they know that I didn't do it on purpose. And it makes me feel embarrassed. Interesting. I know it's really random. It's mental illness. Yeah. I don't know. But like, you would go and then I talk about like, oh, like I've been trying to check my backpack less. Um, like I slept with my closet door open and then she'd be like, oh great. Like I want you to try this. Like don't wash your hands as many times throughout the day. Because the hand washing thing was a really big issue. What, like burning because your hands? Um, so it burned my hands because it was winter, so my hands would get super Super dry. Yeah, but, um, I will say the hand washing thing didn't get better because of my therapy. It got better because of my dog. So I got my dog freshman year of high school, and so I had a thing where if I touched her, I had to wash my hands. But then, like, slowly I got more comfortable with her, and now, like, like, I touch, like, even, like, your dog, like, I touch your dog. Yeah, he's, like, he's fine, he licked my face, like, (laughs) I... Like, I feel like I could touch him and eat a cookie, and I'm fine. Like, yeah. I don't feel bad about it, but... I don't know about that. Ace is pretty dirty. He's in small body. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, like, it would be, like, a thing of, like, if I touch her, like, I could, like... When my hands get dirty, or, like, when I touch something that, like, I think is dirty... Yeah. I can, like, feel it on my hands. Oh, my, I, I can relate in a sense. I used to be like that when I was younger, mm-hmm. a little bit, to a certain extent. I, I've never had, like, diagnosed anything, but uh-huh. I, I can relate to what you're saying. Where you, Like, there was points where my mom would be like, stop washing your hands. And, like, when I went to bed, I'd have to put lotion on them and, mm-hmm. like, put gloves on my hands. Cause yeah, I, would I just, know some people do that, yeah. It was, it was, like, I would just rip them apart with the soap and stuff like that. Yeah. But that's so interesting. And that's so awesome that, like, you're just with your overpowering your mind. Like, it seems like you talked through it and just got tips and did it. Like, it didn't seem like you, there was no other way to do it other than just, force yourself to work through it you know Mm -hmm. that's so awesome that you like took control of your mind in a sense yeah my therapist told me she was like you know you're really good at like doing this on your own like I kind of like like the therapy was good and she did help but I will say a lot of it was me like Mm. I wanted to get over it and I I I'm not gonna say that like my OCD is gone I definitely do feel I think there are certain things that used to be a part of my OCD that I've gotten over. Like the touching animals thing, mm-hmm. completely over that. One time my dog licked a strawberry and I ate it. So I, awesome. I'd say I'm over the animal <laughs> stuff. When you live so close to an animal for like 
a really long time, like, you're kind of like, she's like a family member, like, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I can't imagine, like, touching her and thinking she's dirty. Yeah. She sleeps on the same bed. Bed. Like, couch and all yeah, that. like, she sits That's on the, the couch that I sit on, like, that kind of stuff. And, let's be real, like, the fear of being sick Cleaning yourself because of the fear of being sick is almost controversial because you're going to build up your immunity by touching dirty things, eating things that are not 100% clean. I would say my thing is more of being afraid of infecting other people. Yeah, you're saying, yeah. Like, um, when, my thing isn't like, I touch something and then like the dirt lingers on my hand and I think about like how I'm going to touch something and then eat it later. It's more of the idea of like thinking I'm going to touch something that someone else is going to touch later mm. and they might, it, it's like, I don't know what goes through my mind that thinks that this is real science. <laughs> but, like, let's say, like, um, I'm walking my dog, and she poops in, then I pick it up with the poop bag. And then, so, like, my hand is clean. But the the idea of doing that still kind of bothers me. And, like, Naturally. then, yeah, and then touching a doorknob that I know someone else is going to touch yeah. later. I just, like, I feel bad. I'm, like... My hands are dirty, and now I'm, like, passing on the germs to someone else. I get what you're saying. I also am worried about infecting myself, but, like, I think, like, it also comes from the fact that, like, I'm just afraid of, like, getting my family members sick or anything like that. I I can relate with that in a sense. And that's, that is a big thing to overcome. Because that would, I used to, I used to have little weird things like that, too. Mm -hmm. Not weird things. I didn't mean it like that. I meant, like, little... No, they're they're kind of weird. Like yeah, I don't I don't want to use the word weird because that's not it. It's different. It's it's your yeah. it's the way your mind works. Mm-hmm. And I've I've been told I have OCD a little bit too. I've not diagnosed it. I'm not gonna give myself that title, but mm-hmm. I I can't sleep if my clothes aren't in my dresser. I can't I can't focus at all during the day if my bed is not made. Um, every, that sounds like OCD. Every time <laughs> every time every time I've lost a use for something, I've thrown it away. The second I finished Little League, I threw all my trophies away. The second I'm done with the book, I try to get it to someone else. Like, I just like the smallest amount of things in my room. And like, if I have shoes that have a hole in it and I got a new pair of shoes, I throw the shoes away. Like, I don't, I don't hold on to things. And like, if I did, it would like cripple my mind. Like, I, like there's days where I'm at school and I can't focus at all. And then when I get home, I realize my room's not exactly how I want it. And then I have to put it together and then I can do my homework and stuff like that. You know? Mm-hmm. So I, I have little things like that as well, you know? It's worth talking to a doctor about because it sounds like you have OCD. I know you don't want to diagnose yourself, but like, that sounds like OCD. I was like talking OCD. to Nick Minucci about it because he, he said a lot of the same things. Like, he yeah. has tics, like, not tics, but like, those tendencies. Mm-hmm. But a big thing for me, like, I don't know, are you into meditating? Yeah, I love yoga. Yoga? I do. Yeah, that, yoga. The big... I consider it a form of meditation. Would you? Oh, this is meditation for me. Oh, okay. What meditation yeah. is, is living in the moment and being conscious yes. of your breath. A hundred percent. And like, the bi- two biggest things that have changed my life are meditation and breath work. And mm-hmm. what meditation is, is living in the moment. And uh, you could be in a meditative state at any point in the day. It's when you, you realize you're thinking so much and become conscious on your breath again. And what breath work is, is exactly meditation. Once you realize you're thinking... Like, there's so many days where, the, when I say those bad emotions come back, once I realize I'm thinking about them and I'm, I'm getting attached to them like they're my own again mm-hmm. from the past, what already has happened, I realize I'm not breathing. Like, I'm literally not breathing. Yeah. And then you start breathing in up your nose and out your mouth again, in your nose. You Literally, in your mind, you say it. And it, it is life-changing because you immediately feel a weight lifted off your shoulders. Your posture goes back into place. Your, the stress levels are down. 
and it, it's that's what's what that's what breathwork is to me because a lot of people are like so what do you do like do you do like square breaths you count it's everything's just being conscious of what's going on you know and for me like meditating a lot of people say they can't meditate because they can't stop thinking but just giving your time to that giving that time to yourself to let those thoughts go through you is important you know like a lot of kids get stressed out about school and it's because they never have time to organize your thoughts but you sometimes you don't know how to organize them and a big thing for me is I'll go and I'll know those that that problem's still gonna be there after but put it up on a shelf like it's not there now mm -hmm. right now you have the yeah. time to focus on yourself get get in a get in a good mindset and then attack that problem like a lot I've been told by a lot of people they're like when I tell them what I do, they're like, I'm too ambitious. I'm too, I need to keep going. But it's made me more ambitious. I'm able to get more done in my day by giving my, when I, I know when I need meditation, I know when I need to work on my breath work now. And when I do it, I'm reset for the day. You yeah. know, like I'm back into a mode where I can tackle those problems, prioritize them, put them in the concept art. Does it, is it going to matter in five hours? Is it going to matter in five days? Is it going to, is it going to matter in five months? And once you do that, your list of what you need to get done is clearer, and you can you can organize your brain in a way that gets like there's a lot of there's a lot of unnecessary stress that we cause in ourselves. And yeah. yes, it is important to have priorities and know what you need to get done. But you're gonna ha we need to know that you're gonna have a time to do that. So if you schedule your day and give yourself the time, the time's there. Like there's a lot of times where all day at school I'd have a bad stressful day because I have a big project I have to bang out at night because I didn't do any of it on the times we had. But if I scheduled my time, gave myself those work periods, and then worked during those work periods in knew I had that time and was able to focus on my other stuff because I knew that time would be there. I wish I could have done that in high school because I would have had a lot more productive projects and stuff like that. And it's a concept teachers always tell you and we just take for granted because we're like, oh, we'll just do it on the last night. That's a whole other story because I think high school is set up a little wonky because you're supposed to be doing extracurriculars. Don't even get me started on education reform. <laughs> <laughs> but like just a big thing for me is what I've done to change my life is I have a whiteboard and I only plan the week ahead uh, and then I write down of course like important like a camping date or like an event that needs to be put down on a calendar but my day-to-day -day schedule I put I write down what days I'm gonna work I write down what days I'm gonna do what podcast I write down what days I'm gonna um, have a chiropractor because those are the three things mm -hmm. and then a given is I'm always gonna do a form of exercise because that's what makes me feel good yeah and then on the left side I write the date the night before I go to bed I write the date and I know everything I want to do the next day and I write it out on a board and I amount a time for everything I want to do so I know when I'm in the period of time for what I'm doing that's all I need to focus on because those other things those other tasks that need to get done will get done when that time period is there you know mm -hmm. and like I think that I've never had mental illness and stuff like that but I used to freak myself out about school a little bit you know and like I used to, and like now being able to in a sense live in the moment live in that time period and not let stress build up from future my biggest thing was letting stress build up from future events i know a lot of people who let stress build up from past events and that's a whole another brain flip where you need to detach yourself from your emotions and your thoughts because they're really not yours you know but mm -hmm. that like what i'm getting at here is like i there the because you were saying it would be helpful for me to go to a doctor and like get things 
diagnosed and stuff like that. But with it's not even necessarily that. Like if you just go to your physical and like bring up like oh like there's this weird thing I do and it kind of sounds like OCD. Like that's mm-hmm. basically what I did. I just went to my physical. And, like, my mom knew I was, like, kind of struggling with the hand-washing thing. So she was, like, bring it up to your doctor. And then I went to my physical and I was, like, hey, like, I have this issue with, like, washing my hands and other stuff. And it sounds like OCD. And then my my doctor was, like, oh, yeah, like, that sounds like OCD. And then he uh, gave me a therapist. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. I, I, like, derailed. <laughs> no, you're fine, you, were, fine. you were, like, so going so good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. But that it has to do with my point. Because it's almost like I've taken those things that are seen as, I've taken my OCD in a sense, if to say whatever I have going on, and I've mm-hmm. used breath work and I've used meditation to almost diminish it. Like Zach said, Zach had P- PS- PTSD, mm-hmm. he had anxiety, he had depression, he had schizophrenia, and he said he, f- he doesn't believe in mental illnesses now, and like I know that is a very controversial statement and it's not what I mean up front it's he's saying you can like that's a mental illness is where you let your mind control you but he's saying with breath work and meditation and the concept of self-love you can take control of your mind again you know mm-hmm. and it, it's it's very hard and it takes a lot of work and it takes meditation with intent it takes meditation with looking towards the future but it's very possible you know and like that's like it, it could help me to get those that knowledge and like get that therapist but like this is my therapy you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. i'm talking about it with someone who actually cares like yeah not saying a therapist doesn't care but it's their job and like that underlying is there you know what i'm saying like i feel like this is i have these conversations with people all day and i feel like it's almost more helpful to them because i'm a person who's a part of their life i'm not just another human to dump all those emotions off i like it's like dumping those emotions off on someone who's gonna still be there and like be in those everyday situations and be able to like i have my friend sean who me and him had a very, we didn't have a good podcast and he'll say that too. And it's because we were getting frustrated, not with each other, but with the idea that we couldn't convey exactly how we felt. And I knew there was a blockage there. Mm-hmm. We turned off the mic and had a very, very heartfelt conversation. And now in public, I see things when those emotions come back and like, he looks at me and I look at him and just knowing that I'm there and understand him, he can get through it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like, that's why I Human feel, connection is so important. Oh my god, communication is key. Like, I'm so bad at communication. <laughs> it's it's hard. It's, it's it's really hard. And a lot of it is ego. And it, when I say ego, it's not like my uh, ego is I'm better than you. Ego is playing to other people's thoughts. So like, when you do something trying to impress someone, if you do someone trying to avoid their insecurities, if you do something compensating to what they're gonna react, the biggest thing is just. Do what you feel like doing, and if it feels right, it's not going to offend someone. Like, someone said, I was talking to No Stumble about this, because he was saying, well, yeah, if you do what you're feeling, like, how do you, like, make sure it's not at the cost of somebody else? Your body and your mind is not going to let some let you do something harmful to another human being. It is at our core that, I mean, I don't know if I could say that, because there's also people who have rewiring in their brain where they, because of the way they were brought up, but... People yeah, some who, people are just selfish. But, pe- like, but for you, for example, you have great intent. Like, you, when you, you don't say things about yourself because you're protecting others. Whereas, if you said exactly how you were feeling, 
and said it completely genuine and with the intent that you have just to get your insecurities out and have that tough conversation any insecurity that comes if you if that person brings it out and you say like well I'm like I'm sorry but that's not what I'm talking about like and if they keep getting insecure and it comes to the point where they distance themselves and it becomes an issue eventually that person's going to realize like if you're just completely genuine in being a human with someone like they're going to realize it like oh shit that like they didn't do anything you know what I'm saying like mm -hmm. there's people who have gotten so angry at me at my job because like I'll knock something over or something like that and there was one woman on my first day who was freaking out because I broke a bottle and I was like and the first thing I said you're completely right like I'm sorry I did not mean to hit the bottle like I'll pay for it I'll clean it up and like a lot of people would have reacted also angrily because they'd been like why is she overreacting but I she felt that way that was okay she she had anger from something else and I must have been a tipping point which I totally understood mm -hmm. and once I just did not let the situation escalate this I went back to the truck to put stuff away and then came back out and when I came back in she was already cleaning up and already apologizing and I put the money on the mm -hmm. table and she was like no 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 take it she's like I did not mean to like get like that and like people it feels like people won't realize it, but people will realize when they freak out because it's themselves and not the person who's saying it. Like, mm -hmm. Angie White was talking about that. A lot of people hate her. And it, it I, I never understood what she said because I never received that, like, hate and anger. But throughout time where I'm just speaking exactly how I feel and being, like, brutally honest. Like, truth hurts sometimes, but you need to, like, the truth. If you're not living in the truth and you're creating false realities, like, you're, you're not living a real life. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, when you... It, like f facing your insecurities is hard like it really is hard but it it's i think opening up about it mm. might even be like harder yes a hundred percent and like it's it's this thing that we've created where you're weak if you open up about it yes. you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. me steven and justin the the way we're at this point we had a conversations where we cried in front of each other and like if you asked our junior selves to do that one of us would have been like what you're fucking crying like what are you soft like because that's what we're brought up like toxic but, masculinity yeah, yeah. exactly a hundred percent and like and you're taught it in football you're taught it in basketball and it's like just instilled in our society but once you realize i find someone who asks for help strong when you when you know you need help and take the help and then work on yourself you're a strong human being you you're know? brave brave yeah a hundred percent and like, I, I see a flip in everybody's mindset changing to that. Like, we should be able to, you, you're not, it's such, it, everything's a balance. You can't rely on people for help, but you also need to be able to ask for it. You know, mm -hmm. like, the, like you said, the change that you made only came within you. And the woman said, like, you're very good because you did it. Like, mm -hmm. yes, if you, any change you want in your life is your decision. No one can do it for you. You can ask for the help. You can release the emotion, which is 100% a, a part of the process, but making the change in your life is only your decision. Like, yeah. no one can make you get up every day the time you want to get up. No one can make you eat the way you want to eat every day. No one can make you work out when you want to work out, you know? Like, mm -hmm. there's, there's a, a great... You can encourage people, but I feel like at a point, it's like, it's them. Yes. They make the decision. Mm -hmm. It's their life. Like, you may be, like, if it was, like, a company, like, you may be the COO of their life, but they're the CEO. Yeah. Like, they make the decisions. A hundred percent. They're the executive, like, no one can make someone change. 
people won't change themselves mm -hmm. because someone can encourage or push someone to change, but the change comes from the person making a decision that they're going to change. And it's when you change that perception that the world, like I used to think the world was against me. Like, uh, like, and it, when you think like that, it's like, how could you think like that? If every human thinks the world's against them, then who's the world working for? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And what the world is, is you, you're your own world. Like, when people ask me what religion I believe in, like, I believe in myself. Like, that's, I'm my own creator. I am my everything, you know? Like, mm -hmm. it is so important to have that unconditional love. Like, there is no reason for it. You just love yourself for being a being, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, like you said, that changes only, only you can do it. And it, like, that's also what makes it true change when you have that satisfaction of changing yourself. You didn't have someone do it for you, yeah. you know? But it it's all it all connects. It really does. In any yeah. if you're trying to change your physical state, your mental state. But with mental, there's a lot of and physical, but mostly mental. There is a lot of needing help. You know, mm -hmm. like I would not be able to get rid of my insecurities if I wasn't able to speak them into existence to someone else. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, a big thing with meditation is manifestation, and what that is is speaking things into existence, and it seems crazy but I've seen multiple neuro er, neuroscientists explain how you can change the wiring of your brain with your thoughts and your your body follows your thoughts and a lot of people dwell on the past they dwell on past emotions think about the past so their body is currently living in the past those past emotions mm -hmm. once I got rid of all those past emotions and started thinking about my future thinking about what I'm gonna look like thinking about what I'm gonna feel like if I keep working that's when your body starts to change into the future and next thing you know you're going from a mindset when you stop thinking about the past is very important because you learn from it of course and like there's there's a there's a set meditation I do in the morning when I wake up it's the first thing I do is I meditate for 15 20 25 minutes 30 minutes however I'm feeling mm -hmm. and when I meditate I just wait until I sit there I focus on my breath and it's taken me a long point to get to this but I wait until I have a symbol or a vision and I've learned this from this man Dr. Despesna and he said he says once you get that symbol or whatever there's a, you're gonna get a sign that shows you some event in the future and for me is that like is that your goal with meditation to like get like a symbol or something no, no? this is my morning meditation my morning meditation is to get a vision of the future in the sense like whatever it may be like the other day I was meditating there and I like just the image of me meditating over a farm looking at mountains like it sounds wacky but this is what I saw mm -hmm. you know and like I saw that future self I saw that goal and then the next thing you do is you only think of you only you create those feelings that you're gonna feel in that moment and all I felt in that picture was gratitude com accomplishment just peace like with the world and once I literally thought those emotions and could feel them in my body like I, once I spoke once I thought, I made myself think I was in that moment, and my body felt like I was in that moment. Mm -hmm. And when you start your day off like that, your body's already working in the future. And then throughout your whole day, you live your life, and meditation throughout my day is just to get myself centered again. Not There's yeah. no intent to it, it's just you need to clear your brain, you need to, you need to breathe again to get back to a conscious state. You're getting unconscious in the sense like, I let my mind run my head and think too much, you know? Then, it's crazy how I, I don't know if this happens with you I want to know do you ever like find yourself meditating without even like trying to meditate 
if that makes like like I didn't realize I'm like you said this was like meditation I didn't realize until you said it I kind of felt like I was meditating mm-hmm. too and like it didn't like hit me until like you even mentioned yeah, it I would totally agree because I didn't think about podcasting and meditating at all but like uh, I watched a guru on YouTube and he was like he's literally said you could be in a meditative state all day it's just living in the yeah. moment and like when and a big thing for me is when I would listen to music, like I was just listening to the beat and thinking over it. And now when I listen to music, I pay attention to the words. And that's also like keeping me in a meditative state, you know, it's just yeah. being in that moment of the music. Like there's some days where I'm so wrapped up in my thoughts and past emotions just because that's natural. They pass through our bodies and like that's your your emotions are the language of the body and your thoughts are the language of the mind. And it just they they coincide with each other and they're going to come and go all day like it's the way the way the world works but when you acknowledge that neither of them are yours they're just passing through you mm-hmm. you can you can get back to that meditative state and like a big thing i do is like i'll i'll literally joke about it like i'll be wrapped up in my head like in this crazy emotion like a crazy i don't know past relationship an argument something any we all do it you know? yeah and i'll i'll be driving in the truck and then you'll be like i'm like what am i doing i'm driving in a truck yeah. you know what i'm saying and then when it's you like, drive and you realize that you got home yeah. And even like yeah. realize it. Like you 100%. don't even know how you got there. Yes, I always would do that and it's like I so, literally like, driving can be meditative too. Yeah. A lot of people go out for drives. Why do you think it calms them down? They're in that That's moment, true. they're listening to the music. Runs. Like I exercises really, yeah. super meditative. Uh, when I started yoga, I wasn't even the goal for of uh, meditation was not the goal. Like strength building was the goal. And it wasn't until like the third time that I went that I was like, Whenever I go here, like my mind is empty. It's because you have to focus on the moves. My, yes, that's that's exactly what it is. It's like, like it's not that your mind is empty. It's that you're focusing so much on one thing that you can't think of anything mm. else. Because my mind is always going a million miles per hour. There's like 50 things going on at once. But like when you're in that moment where it's like you're so focused on something, you're so focused on what someone is saying to you or what you're saying or a move that you're trying to do in yoga that you are like driving that you you're not even thinking about anything else in mm-hmm. your life that's like meditation to me yeah that's 100 percent. you know mm-hmm. and like it's such a good feeling too yes it's like i struggle with stress so much like when i say i struggle with stress i mean like my eczema doctor um diagnosed stress he said it was stress um, I have alopecia, which means that my hair falls out. Yeah. Also diagnosed as stress. Yeah. My mom had the same thing. She was losing her hair, and it's because mm-hmm. she's freaking out about school. And, like, she's moved towards all this, like, spiritualness. and Like, not meditating and breathwork isn't spiritualness, but she's moved towards all this, and, like, it's it comes back, you know? Like, also what those things you're saying is your body will physically show how you're feeling. Like... Yeah. It's so hard to, like... Stress is such a difficult thing to manage. I think, like, it's, like, the one thing in my life that I feel, like, I, not that I can't have any control of it, but that I don't, and I have no idea how to manage my mm-hmm. control of it. Because my mom my mom gets super worried about my stress all the time because of, like... What do you stress about? I don't even know. That's <laughs> no, what I yeah. mean. That's what I mean. Like, when, when my doctor diagnosed, like, when I found out that I had alopecia and he said that it was caused by my stress, I remember thinking, 
what is he talking about? I'm not that stressed. Like, I, it was senior year of high school. It was after applications had go out and gone out. It was, it was like January or like February. Would you say you think about the future, the past more? Um, future of the past. I don't know. I'd say it's pretty equal. Like, I try not to think too much of the future because, um, it's I don't, control. I, I just don't want to set expectations for myself, really. That's, that's a big thing. Um, the second part of my meditation, so the one I do right before bed, uh, it's correctional. So mm -hmm. you think about every, you think about the thing, so every, you have a bunch of moments in your day where you're like, oh, I could have done that differently. And yeah. you, in this meditation, you go back and you think about what you did, you think about what you're going to do next time for every event you had. And it, it sucks a little bit because in the sense like you're going back and correcting yourself, right? You're like, mm -hmm. oh, like a big thing for me is um, I'm really trying to drop my emotions, but there's sometimes I still speak with them. I like I'll have a little bit of frustration or a little bit of anger and I'll say it in my tone and I want to get rid of it because that's not me. Mm -hmm. And I acknowledge that. But then once you're done with all the correctional stuff, you go through everything you did right. You felt good about doing it. And once that's the last part of your day is rewarding yourself. I never think of all the good things. You got to, you got to pat yourself on the back. And like, it's, it's not, not being humble. It's, you're gonna, like you said, you're just going to accumulate things you're doing wrong until you, like you do so much shit, right? You know what I'm saying? We all do so many things in our life right, but we don't give ourselves our credit and we focus on the negativity. Mm -hmm. You need to learn from the negativity and feel good about the po the positive things, you know? Like, it's it's impossible. Like, that's I'm a big try tip that. for me. I'm going to try that. That's that's really good advice. I've, no, I've, I've honestly never sat down and been like, what did I do right today? <laughs> yeah, and it's tough because you get caught up because when you get stuck on some of the things you did wrong, they just seem to keep accumulating. And, mm -hmm. like, next thing you know, you forget you did right things, you know, and it's mm -hmm. like a big thing for me every day is I strive to have a conversation with every person I see and mm -hmm. I ask, how are you? And I ask a genuine question. I give a genuine compliment and like, that's something I do good now. And that's mm -hmm. improved my communication skills 100% because there's a lot of people you sit, you get, you try to, you say something nice. Like today I was dropping off ice to a wedding and I was like, oh, you got a really nice backyard. Like this is a nice setup. It's, like, cool that you guys are still following guidelines and all that. And, like, the woman's, like, yeah, we got a, like, she's, like, yeah, we have a great backyard. And, like, just kept walking away. And, like, an ego would have been, like, oh, I'm not going to say a compliment to the next person because this person shut me down. But it's, like, just keep doing you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then the next person, I complimented it, and they bounced that energy back. And that's, that's something I do good. But something I did bad is, like, I get frustrated with my dad in conversation a lot. Like, we just... I feel like we don't speak to each other through emotions. We just think of responses and I don't mm -hmm. like that. And I always think about how I could correct that and be genuine with them. And through over time, just thinking about it at night and over and over again, it has happened. Like you truly can change your, your mind is an artifact of the past, but you can truly make it a map of the future. If you think about your corrections and you think about your intent behind things. Like mm -hmm. I think about, I listen to word choice so specific, like so down to a T. Like if someone starts a sentence with nah, but they diminished everything you said. If someone finishes a sentence with anyways, they just diminished everything they just said. If someone says a whole long thing and you see a lot of girls, I'm not saying this in like to make stereotypes or anything, but a lot of girls I talk to who have 
mental illnesses or have that emotion and stuff like that, when, they done when they're done describing everything they feel, they go, I don't know, maybe. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They say it down to a T. They tell me exactly how they feel, and they're so confident in it. They've thought about it. They know it. And then when they're done and I'm listening and I'm, and I'm collecting all of it, they go, if there's one second of silence, their their subconscious goes, "No, you're not right. You need to. You need to. Yeah. That's not what you actually mean. You need to correct it." And it's no. You said how you feel. Don't diminish it. You know. And like, in Natalie's podcast, she goes, "I don't know. I don't know. I don't know." And I was like, "Don't say I don't know. You know." But then she was saying it at the beginning of the sentence, and she's like, "I'm sorry for saying I don't know." If you <laughs> if you say it at the beginning of the sentence, you just don't know. So you have to wait and let that let let what you're gonna say come. A lot of people. A big thing for communication with me is sitting in those awkward silences. They're not awkward. That's where you collect your emotions. When you try to fill an awkward silence, you're using your thoughts and the conversation becomes disingenuine. Mm -hmm. When you let the conversation flow through emotion, you have that pause and let let me collect my everything like when those a lot of girls who drop all those feelings on me I need to collect them and let the response formulate I can't mm -hmm. just give whatever is gonna whatever I think is gonna make them feel better mm -hmm. I know what I'm gonna say from feelings is gonna help them you want and, an on, honest genuine response not just a, like a yes man yeah who's exactly like, and yeah. Uh, but in that time period, a lot of people start to go back on what they said. They get embarrassed. They start to play, what are they thinking? What are they doing? Why are they paused? You know? And it's mm -hmm. like, we need to get back and take a breath. You know? Like, it's, mm -hmm. it's, that's a big thing for me is because I was always trying to come back with responses, come back with smart, witty things to say, come back with that thing I thought the person needed to hear. But once I started using my feelings in conversations, it's, it changes your world. Communication yeah. is like, not, like, I'm not going to lie, like, going to school, I was kind of like, Making friends is gonna be hard. I have no going fear. Going to college? Yeah. Yeah. I have no fear at all. Like mm -hmm. I can talk to anyone, and if they think I'm weird, if they think I'm not normal, if they think what I'm saying is wacky, they just are playing to their ego. They're yeah. just, you know, like the word weird is not a word to me. The word normal is not a word to me. Yeah. It's that's a social construct. Like what's normal is being different, and what different is is unique, and like being unique is beautiful. You know, mm -hmm. and it, it's just. People got so, we've gotten so caught up in the concept of all trying to be like each other where we we took away what made us us, you know? Yeah. And it's sad. It what really is. What makes you the individual. And it's it's almost like, why did, why did we do that, you know? Like, why do we all want to be the same? Like, I have anxiety and I have, like, friends who have anxiety and some of my friends, their they, anxiety manifests into, like, um they don't like talking to strangers at all. Whereas like my thing is like, some people, I've I've actually had people say this to me, it's kind of sucks. They say that they don't see how I have anxiety because I'm able to talk to strangers. Which, anxiety comes in all forms. Which like my form of anxiety comes, it, it honestly, I have no anxiety around strangers and I have complete anxiety around people I know. Really? Like I will, I will sit down with a group of my friends and like i'll just feel anxious out of nowhere for no reason and i'm like like they're thinking of me a certain way or this and that and this and i think it's because i know i'm going to see them again and because i know that they know me and uh -huh. that like these are people i see on a regular basis whereas like strangers i have no anxiety because if i embarrass myself if if they think i'm weird if they think i'm a bad person because for whatever reason i'm like i'm never 
see this person ever again. Like, this person, sometimes, if you're in public and you do something and, like, you're doing something weird and someone, like, across the room, like, gives you a weird look, that person doesn't even know your name. Yeah. That person doesn't know anything about you. (laughs) And now we wear masks. That person doesn't even really look like, know what I look like. A hundred percent. Like, I can, I feel the most confident around strangers because I'm like, some of these people I'm never going to see ever again some of these people i'm never going to talk to ever again some people are some of these people are never going to learn my name and this is the one interaction they're going to have with me and whatever it is it is it's a done mm-hmm. over with and like that some people think it's like they don't understand a lot of people think social anxiety is like you don't like to take phone calls or you don't like to answer the door or you don't like to ask strangers for help in a store when it's like that's not in the only form of anxiety like some people feel anxiety around people that they're supposed to be comfortable around which is personally how like I feel would you say like what makes you think I don't know when I'm when I get closer with people I feel like I'm become even more myself and then if Mm -hmm. if we begin to if I'm becoming more myself and then they we begin to fade away like that's on purpose you know like once I become myself and they don't like myself, then that means they don't like me. It's cool that we're not hanging out, you know, and that's when you, you drop those people you didn't know you need to drop. So I'm just kind of curious, like, what are you trying to not lose those friends that feel like friends? Okay, so if I'm being completely honest, I don't think anyone really experiences the real me. Yeah. I think this conversation that we're having right now is the most honest, candid, like, real me conversation I've ever had with anyone. I don't know. You just, like, I just get this, like, vibe off of you that, like, you're the least judgmental person I've ever met. How am I, spo- <laughs> like, how am I supposed to judge? The thing I is, know. everybody's life is so different. Mm-hmm. Like, and everybody, like, I hate when people say people's feelings aren't credible. It's like, that's not your life. That's not your perspective. Like, yeah. everyone's perspective is credible. No matter everyone's who valid, you are. No matter what. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, unless how... they're diminishing other people, then they're not valid. In my, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion, like, oh, I think, like, you, when it's about you, you're always valid, but when you bring other people into it, then it gets dicey. Yeah, it's like... yeah, you get, like, you can't worry about other people like that, you know? Mm-hmm. But 100%, like, I, I have no right to judge, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I could, even if you, if I'm talking to someone and they show me a character flaw, like, they don't care about other people, like, I know at their core they're human and they just haven't discovered that core, Mm -hmm. like, that feeling, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're just lost. They've been taught a different way. They're, like, there's, like, oh my god, with my dad, like, my whole life, they've been very protective of me, like, always call, like, every checkpoint, always do this, always do that, and, like, my dad dropped a ridiculous story on me the other day, like, absolutely unfathomable, fathomable, Whatever, I'm dropping the yeah. word. <laughs> I know what the word is. I once read something that was like, there's no such thing as a word exists if someone understands what you mean. Mm. You know, you know, you know how people say like, uh, like they'll say something and be like, uh, but I, I don't know if that word exists or like I don't know if that's the right word. And then it's like, if I understood what you meant, yeah, it's, it's a, a real word. Yeah, you, like words are used to communicate that's a good way something. To look at it. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like. To be honest, like, people didn't even, we used to not have words, you know what I'm saying? Like, you would just use mannerisms and gestures, and Sounds, that's how, yeah, pictures, exactly. Yeah. Like, you could tell what people meant by those things. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. But, Sorry, I, no, you're fine. I, I keep, that's like, a conversation. Your point. It's a conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could get back to it, like, you know, uh, but, mm-hmm. um, 
What were we talking about? It was a, it was a wild, like, he just dropped a wild story. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like, I always used to be like, why are they so protective? Like, what, what is it? And the story was horrible. Like, he mm-hmm. saw a very young child pass away in a very traumatic way. Oh, my like, gosh. Like, yeah, it was a, it was a whole thing. And immediately I had understanding for his feelings for always being protective of me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So now I approach every conversation like there's reasons to the way, like why the, why can I be judgmental? Because they weren't brought up the same way as mm-hmm. me. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a reason why you feel that way. There's a reason why you behave that way. It's why you were, it's how you're brought up. It's what you've seen. It's your own life. So it's, there's no judgment. It's almost like I'm so interested into learning because just hearing your perspective, I've learned so much already, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, if I were to judge it, I would have lost so much knowledge I could have had. And knowledge is 100% power. And mm-hmm. like the having an open mind and letting people, putting yourself in other people's shoes allow you to grow like 100%. And like, I have no right to judge you or anyone on mm-hmm. anything, anyone, a single human being, no matter their political views, no matter what groups they associate with, no matter whatever like their upbringing is their upbringing and until I learn about their upbringing and what they've been through I can't make a judgment on their character Mm -hmm. because it all comes from I mean we're all born the same way we all come into the world a fresh human being we don't come in good or evil I don't believe in that you're taught every single thing you know you know um I like a lot of people say what you say and like I can tell you're being a hundred percent genuine but like some people just say it, and you know when you just get that vibe of, like, they're saying it to say it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, this, I didn't get this vibe off of you and Zach, but, like, when I was listening to your podcast, you guys brought up a thing about, like, oh, like, all women are queens, like, beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And, um, I just, like, I was thinking in my mind of, like, other people who say that, and how disingenuous they can be about yeah. it. And how it can be, like... They think all women are beautiful until you bring up a fat woman. Mm-hmm. Or they think all women are beautiful until you bring up, like, a black woman. And it's like, these people clearly are only saying this about, like, thinner, white, um, like, uh, classically beautiful women. You know what I mean? Like, there's so little representation for... Um, women of like different sizes or like different colors in the media that like I want I saw this picture of this girl who was like oh graduation and it was like her and her like 15 friends they were all skinny white girls I was like you don't have a single black friend you don't have a single like overweight friend in a sense how can you blame them no no I'm not I wasn't judging her it was just a sense of like I understand yeah, yeah. why people can be insensitive yeah. sometimes or not understand certain things because they lack diversity in their groups. And it's like, it all stems from like where they grew up and that yeah. stems from red lighting and that stems from the ep- economic inequality. Like it, mm-hmm. the foundation is there's not fair opportunity. If there's fair opportunity, then everything else Whoa. Capitalism sucks. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. 
going into quarantine, I'd have arguments with my sister and stuff and be like, what are you talking about? Like, how would we function without capitalism? But I'm at a point where I totally agree. It does not work. There is no reason for a lower man. Yes, there's the concept of working your way up, but is, is it truly obtainable to some I people? I read a thing that was like, there's only four ways to become a billionaire. Inherit the money. Um, insider trading, which is illegal. Um, uh, what, I, I, I won't remember all four, but I, I think I remember one more. Create so, a business? No, that wasn't one of them. Why? Because um, you can't become a billionaire off of, because, uh, uh, what is it, like, um, nobody becomes a billionaire starting from nothing. Nobody. That, is that it was, not possible? It's though? not possible. It's, it's never, there isn't evidence of a single person who's a current billionaire who reached that point and started from nothing. Uh -huh. There isn't anyone. Oh, I wish I could find the post. It was, it was like, it was really good, and I was like, Wow, I didn't realize becoming a billionaire. I know it. I used to. I used to be like in that oh, mindset where it's like, it. oh, you could work your say, mm -hmm. like you could work a way up, and like the, it's all about grinding. But then, like my sister would be like, no, like Edward, there's people who do not have a chance, and it's like blatantly obvious, and I, and I see that now. You know. Uh -huh. I think the third one was like. Um like tax evasion, like something illegal. Mm -hmm. It was like, basically you can't become a billionaire without breaking the law or already having the money. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. There is no starting from nothing and becoming this big, great success. Like people start from nothing and become millionaires and that's a really successful position to be in. But you have to remember that to have billionaires, to have millionaires, to have people who are extremely wealthy there has to be people who are disadvantaged and have nothing. Down. Yeah. There like there is no reaching that point without there being that group of that larger group of people who are now disadvantaged and can never reach that same point that you did. Yeah. 100%. That's why I my mindset like if I ever gain a certain amount of money if my salary is ever like six figures i don't know like a portion a good percentage of my net worth like 40 percent will be donated like i will not spend any money or keep any money that i don't need because someone else needs it that's why like we see all these problems and we feel like they're unfixable but i'm going to be totally honest with you they're unfixable by the generation who's in power right now. And that's because yes. of the mindset. And that's because of the gen they grew up during a time by parents who went through the Great Depression. And mm -hmm. like that shit was like you grab what you can and you take it and you hold on to it mm -hmm. and you run with it, you know. And now we're at a point where we're given a little bit and we notice that there are people who need help. And our generation is the generation that's going to fix a lot of things. Because like you, like my sister, like a lot of liberals in a sense, I'm going to say liberals who they have those great morals where it's like, I don't need this, someone else does, you know? And mm -hmm. it, I'm not saying all Republicans aren't like that, but it's 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 kind it's of like a, what's best for me. Like, yeah. I'm working for myself. That's why, like, um, I to me, the biggest difference between Republicans and Democrats is this idea of, like, government handouts. Where, like, um, you know... The government shouldn't be giving money to poor people mm -hmm. or anything like that. 
or the government shouldn't be involved, like the privatizing healthcare. The government shouldn't be involved in healthcare, and that's why they have to be private. Or the whole USPS thing, where like Trump is trying to push USPS to become a private corporation because they don't think the government should be controlling USPS. Whereas like the for a while, like I considered myself like an independent, a liberal, a libertarian. But then, like, I realized, like, no, I'm a Democrat. Like, I believe in social programs. I believe that the government should be giving out handouts or whatever Republicans want to call it. They should be helping people in need. Because they believe in the um, welfare queen, which is not a con- like that's not real. Yeah, but it's not real. It's not people like no one could make enough money off of that. You know what I'm saying? And, and you like, know what? A lot of people. It's also a race issue. People say that people on welfare are like black people and that they're the ones who are abusing the system the evidence data statistics proves to the fact that a higher percentage i don't know the exact percentage but it's more than 50 percent the majority of people on welfare are white people mm-hmm. so it's like i'm not saying like um you know white people are the problem black people look what we did to them for exactly but that's but you know what's even worse you know what this does prove the fact that more white people are on welfare than black people is that black people are being denied welfare yeah probably people who need it it's fucked up it's real fucked up and we're we're gonna go through it as a country we're gonna Mm -hmm. have like it's gonna get worse it's gonna keep getting worse and then it's gonna hit a point where we're all gonna have to deal with the pain together and figure it out and that's when real mm-hmm. reform is going to come and that's what i talk about when i say like you have to hit those bad points to hit the low points like we're we're descending so we can ascend you know mm-hmm. and like who knows if we're gonna have a president who knows who's the president gonna be in my opinion i don't want either of them but that's the way it is like mm-hmm. i think the the thing that i see a lot that i think there's nothing wrong with criticizing joe biden and kamala harris they're not perfect people they're definitely not as progressive as i would like them to be has dementia no he doesn't he doesn't have dementia he does not but like where was i going with this it i have nothing against criticizing them but i've read something that was like if we elect them things aren't going to go back to like good times and things aren't going to be amazing but if we don't elect them there's no chance of change at all yeah i get what you're saying that we need them in power to make a change that we need I've right been, now an yeah. emergency it's we're basically in an emergency state and when you're in an emergency you don't always get the best yeah i get what you're saying the best like thing for you to like fix <laughs> the problem it's a point we're at we just need something we different. just need something <laughs> like like someone the country's dying like someone needs to at least attempt to resuscitate yeah. it and if we if trump gets back into office again then we're just gonna die that's <laughs> it we're gonna suffocate and drown and die and Maybe that's what America needs. I don't want to live in America anymore. I've been telling my friends that, like, I'm going to hit an age and I'm just going to move. There's a I'm going to leave. I'm going to move to Portugal, Spain. I speak Portuguese. I speak Spanish. I can learn Italian. I'm sure I could pick it up very easily. I will move to some other country that is doing shit way better than we are. It's, and I am going yeah. to raise my family there with great education <laughs> and great social we have, welfare and not as many police killings and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna be in bliss there's a lot of shit fucked up here i'll give you that but we do have a lot of shit right and we do have a lot of privileges we, do. we don't realize you know what working minimum wage jobs 
I have realized how well we have it because every immigrant I've ever met has said America is the best place they have ever been. But here's the thing. Okay, I totally agree with you. America is a mediocre, decent place. It's way better than Brazil. It's way better than China. It's way better than the Egypt. It's way better. Yeah, than it's it's way better than the Middle East. But we're nowhere near Sweden. All right. Yeah, but England's way better than us. Portugal was voted. No, wasn't voted. They were they were evidentially proven to be the third safest country in the world to live in. When we have Chicago in our country, that is. I think one of the top five most dangerous cities to live in in the world. So we have a lot of shit, right? But like, that's when you compare us to places that don't have resources. Egypt does not have the resources we do. Um, Brazil does not have the resources that we do. Immigrants come here from third world countries, developing countries, and they think we're amazing because we're way better than what they had. But um, we have the exact same resources as a country like Sweden, and they're 50 times better than us. Tell me why. Yeah, I get what are they? What are they better at, in a sense? So, I, I don't know if it's Sweden or Switzerland, but they have the best education program in the world. Germany, college costs about, and this isn't even the average price. This is like the most you pay for college is $1,000 for every year. So, four years. What's the years. education level at? Just the same as the United States. An edu a college education in Germany is equivalent to a college education at, a un at an American can you get, university. Can you get a job in America with a German education? Can you get I think a, so, because you, you, can, you, can you can get a job in America with an education from Oxford and from, like, from Irish I know, colleges. I know a man who came from India, and he was a physician, and he couldn't do that in America because of the level of school... Their top level of school in India was not near the top level of school we have in America. Yeah, but that's India. I get like, at Germany, but that's why I'm I think that's Germany why I'm asking, is more though, comparable know. to the United States. And the thing is, too, is like you can get your education in Germany, and you don't have to come back to the U.S. and use your your degree here. You could just stay in Germany and use your degree there. Because yeah. Germany, Germany is actually like a, a pretty progressive, good country, from what I've researched i might be wrong uneducated in some ways have you been there i'm just asking. i've never been to germany no but um the, everybody speaks english there so we could easily move there no problem <laughs> their education is is cheaper and um just equal to if not better than the united states because these countries these european countries they don't put a focus on testing mm -hmm. which ruins That's gonna the change. schools it's gonna change I because mean, of covid yeah they i mean I don't care about the reason. The fact that it's going to change is making me happy. Like the SATs and ACTs are going to go away. Yeah. And then soon, mm -hmm. or sooner or later, we're going to see AP tests go away because we realize teachers don't want to teach for a test. They want to teach kids mm -hmm. to learn. My mother is an amazing teacher, but ever since she took on AP tests, she has not liked it as much. She's mm -hmm. loved teaching. She loves kids. She loves doing labs. She loves learning, but she doesn't love being a puppet of the college board, you know? And like <laughs> College board. It's they're a corporation. Exactly. They're a corporation. And they're gatekeeping education. Because um, now more colleges are a little more like you don't have to take the SATs or we don't need an SAT score from you. But there are still plenty of colleges around the country that require you to take the SAT. So now you have to take the SAT and you might not even have the money to take the SAT. Yeah, it's, it's, it's up top. It really is. Like there's a bunch of shit mm -hmm. screwed up, but... 
it will be fixed. I have great faith in America and, like... That's great, and I don't want to diminish your faith or, like, say that this country sucks. It's just, like, personally... And the thing is, too, I've heard my mom's stories. Like, I know what... I at least secondhand know what it's like to come from a third world country and move here with so much opportunity. And I still feel like, I don't know, my cousin said the other day, he was like, I said, do you truly believe America's the best country in the world? And he said, yes, um, there's no country better out there than America. And I was just like, I can think of like 12 countries yeah. better than here. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. I mean, I get it. There's countries that are better, but like, and we're, it's, better. we're set, we're the, one of the youngest countries and like, it's living on stolen land. It's yeah, it's stolen. But from like, people, think about genocide. It, people always talk about the Holocaust. But we're all here. We're what all about using the genocide it? Of you know what I'm saying? Like, I get what I totally agree with a lot of what you're saying, but like, we we're a newer country. We are still. You said you can think of twelve better countries. Think about how many countries there are in the world. Think about how many people who are dying. ninety-seven. Think about how many people are dying to try to get here. Like, think about That's people who are trying. Like, this place would not be called. Like, like I said, that him saying, a lot of immigrant workers telling me that this is the best place in the world. Mm -hmm. That being their perspective has credibility to it. The fact no, that, yeah, of and like the fact that they can get here and they can make a life for themselves. Like, a, I'm so. And many, I'm not gonna diminish their experience. It's like, just my experience. No, I know, but. This kind of relates to what we were talking about earlier is like, yes, we can acknowledge all the shit that's going wrong, but we do have to also acknowledge a lot of the shit we've done right. And like, I know there's problems and I know there's things to be fixed, but when you that's where you create a lot of stress is when you only think about those problems and you only think about the things that mm -hmm. other countries do better. You got to remember a lot of the shit we do better for, than other countries. A lot of the opportunity, a lot of the jobs we create, a lot. I mean, yeah, yeah we don't like Trump, but he made our economy the best it has ever been in the best it's ever been in a while i don't know about 30 million unemployed okay covid came in before covid he was he had no issues every every a lot of immigrants liked him because he was just making people money and that's what people needed you know and like i i, I don't think not, i can I'm, agree that he well, made the economy great or that before, the economy was great even before COVID. Before COVID, he was doing a good job as a president, still a shitty person, and then COVID <laughs> came, and now it's just hit the fan because he's set in his ways, a, not a good person at his core, and yeah. can't accept science. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, you know? I don't... But at the same time, he had a shitty upbringing. He had a shitty childhood. He had a shitty father who did not give a shit about him and was just a businessman and hustling. And his mom was just like, like, in a sense, like his wife, where she was just a young model type woman with an older man for his money. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just a product of his environment. And like, also another you know thing. I can agree with that. He's a product of his environment. And another thing is, Trevor not said this to me, and I thought it was one of the smartest things ever is, He's just a mirror of America. What do we like? We like drama. What do we we like conflict? We watch reality TV shows and he just put that at the highest stage, you know? We like yes, yeah. there's a lot of things wrong with him as a human being, but a lot of things about him are created by his environment 100%, you know? 
and like we got to take those things into account too and that's where we find our reform yeah i think that this is where like i think it may be flawed into just like accepting people for the way they are because the thing is is like it's one thing to be like he's a shitty person and like we can't really judge him for that because he's a product of his environment oh we could judge him for it he's old enough to fix it but that's what i was gonna say is like the issue now becomes that him being a shitty person is affecting other people yeah is ruining i get that certain people's lives like, on a scale of millions. Mm -hmm. He's ruining millions of people's lives. And, like, that's just not okay. Yeah. He's just just a business, like, mob boss. Like, that's all he ever was. And then he just was, let's be honest, smart enough to manipulate people and take control of the country. He he said... I think he got elected in the first place. He (laughs) said on an interview that he, like... He is Democratic way back then. He's like, but if I were to run for president, I'd do it Republican because I could convince those people of anything. And he just did it. Some people will believe in no matter what. Yeah. It's insane. I saw the craziest. And a lot of people would just be like, I don't care what he says. If he's making me money, I don't care. And that's it's their opinion on it, you know? Yeah. But it's like, you're going to represent the country. Like, I want someone who's a little sane, you know? Mm-hmm. He's just not... We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I know we can't, like... I know it's so hard to not be judgmental, to not judge people. I, like, try not to. I, I, like, you said, like, how can you judge someone? And, like, I can tell, like, you you probably don't judge people very often. I try so hard in my being to be like that, but sometimes your, like, opinions just spew yeah, out of you. Yeah, 100%. It's so hard. It's... For me, I just remember I'm not them. I never experienced what they experienced. That's so true. And I I also think about, like, a lot of people compliment me on not being judgmental and being open, but just like you could be a product of a bad environment, I am the product of a, a immensely blessed environment. Yeah. I, am, I have the best cards in the game. <laughs> I'm a white, straight American male. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I live in a middle-class family who is able to help me with college but at the same time I have all those blessings and this is I work my ass off you know what yeah. I'm saying I'm put in a good position like you can th- be lazy and just throw it all away a hundred percent but like, you don't I'm not trying to toot my own horn but this whole summer I put away enough money to pay for a semester like I grinded like that's I, great and and like that's I'm not awesome. and like I'm not letting like yes you're putting up and like a lot of people were like Wow, that's in you. No, my dad worked for his college. Mm-hmm. My grandpa worked for his. He didn't yeah. even go to school. He skipped school and went straight to work because both yeah. his parents died. Like, it, it, that's none of me. You know what I'm saying? So just as you could be productive, like a product of a good environment, you could be a product of a bad environment, and that's why I can't judge anyone for being a good or bad. And that's why I don't even see good or bad. It's just different. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just different because they're brought yeah. up different. And like, that's what makes me not judgmental. Yeah. Because I cannot say I've been that person, you know? It's, like, really nice to, like, talk to you and, like, tell that you're not being judgmental. Because I feel like the the anxiety that I have when I hang out with my friends is, like, not that they're judgmental people at all. Like, I'm friends with them for a reason. They're great people. But, like, you get so much in your head about, like, this person. And the thing is, too, is, like, I'm not going to lie, we gossip a lot. Mm. And so, like, and, like... I don't talk badly about my friends behind their back. It, I don't, like, say stupid shit or petty shit. Like, when I say something... Do you say the truth, though? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
if someone pisses me off, I'm not going to just not, like, if someone does some shit that's annoying to me, I'm going to say it to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to, like, I understand the point of, like, not trying to hurt their feelings, but, like, you also have to protect yourself. If someone hurts Mm -hmm. your feelings, you're not being a bitch for, like, a lot of, this is, what's so sad is if a woman, like, cries, they're seen as weak, and if a woman yells and argues, they're seen as a bitch, bitch. and it's like, we gotta drop that, like, if you're being honest, you're being a human, and, like, that's where, Mm -hmm. for me, if someone's doing something that I don't like, I'm gonna say it, you know what I'm saying, like, that's protecting my energy, Mm -hmm. and, like, I don't, I don't say anything about anyone behind their back, good or bad, I don't Mm -hmm. think, if if you have something to say to someone, say it to their face, because if it's the truth, like, it's gonna get to them, you know? Uh, like, I think it's, like, less of, like, if I'm, like, really pissed off in the moment, I'll tell them on the spot. I'll be like, hey, like, I'm not okay with this. But, like, when it's, like, a little thing that bothers me, it's, I, I don't, like, talk behind their back. It's more like I reach out to another friend and say, hey, I'm concerned about so-and-so because of this and this. Should I bring it up to them? It's more of, like, a, almost, like, a lot of the time, like, I'll text Tati and say, like, this person, like, said this thing or did this thing and it bothered me. And it will be more about talking to her so that I can say the right thing to that person. Because mm. Tati's, like, a super compassionate person and I feel like she always gets her point across the right way. So I like to go to her for advice to be like, how should I bring this up to this person so that, like maybe I say it in the nicest way possible. Because I'm not going to lie, I can come off as, like, really rude, and I definitely don't always say something thinking about someone else's feelings. I'll say something... It's because you're speaking through feelings, too, in a way, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. it's tough. That's what one of my corrections are, is, like, when I have that anger, like, a lot of... I still get anger. I still get it, but I don't Mm -hmm. express it. And that's when I... When I have an emotion, I know it's coming from within me. If I'm, like, a big thing... For, hmm, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, I would get mad at whenever my friends would talk about, like, would they take progress pictures or, like, how strong they were. Mm-hmm. Talk about weights with someone. I'd be like, they're being cocky. They're being an asshole. Like, mm-hmm. why are they talking? No, it's because I wasn't secure with what the amount of yeah. weight I could put up. I wasn't secure with myself. But once you, even just acknowledging the fact that your emotion's coming from within, it's not that person, you're able to approach that conversation with true honesty and a genuine, like, tone, you know? Mm -hmm. It can just be hard sometimes, too, because even if you go into that conversation that way, the other person might not reciprocate. Yeah, but then they, then you have to let them realize that that's them, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, once you're... You just gotta let it go. Yeah, because, and uh, I'm telling you, people will come back and realize, oh, shit, that was them just being Mm -hmm. 100% real with me, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like... It's tough because, yeah, you might have what's perceived as people going in and out of your life and coming closer and farther, but you're just coming close. You're going farther away from their ego and coming closer. When you get close with them again, you're getting close with their personality again, not their mm-hmm. ego. And it, it's yeah, it's tough. It's tough because you think you're losing a friend, but it's the process of gaining a true friend. Mm-hmm. It's just trust in the process. Yeah, because, like, a lot of – I've had – I'm, like, kind of bad at communicating. There's been, like, several friends where I, something about them bothered me, and instead of talking to them about it, I ignored them. Yeah. It's, like, terrible, I know. And every time I do it, I'm like, I'm such a bitch, like, I just need to talk to them, like, I'm being stupid, like, I need, I need to say something. But, like, it's just so hard to communicate in the moment, or to find, even find a right time, because, like, 
I, what was really difficult for me was that there was a person that I, there's multiple people I could talk about, but I'm going to pick one situation in particular. There was a person who was not being a good, I could, I was starting to feel like they thought they were better than me. Actually, they had said on multiple occasions <laughs> that they thought, like, they always said, like, they were the cool friend. Yeah. That, like, I was the That's smart probably because friend. they didn't feel like the cool friend. No, but the thing was is, no, 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 here's the thing. It's, like, it wasn't that they didn't feel like they were the cool friend. It was that they thought they were cooler than us because, and this was sophomore year, they thought they were cooler than us because they were, like, drinking and smoking. Yeah. Which is like, I don't have a problem with that stuff. It's doesn't just like, that cool. stuff doesn't, that doesn't make you cooler. But like, so they would, on multiple occasions, be like, oh, Esther's the smart one. Oh, Tati's like the creative one. I'm the cool one. And so-and-so is whatever. And, and then like, it was just like rubbing me the wrong way. And then it just, it got to the point where it was like, this person, I could tell that they were hanging out with me out of convenience. Yeah. And it wasn't about, like, and I, I could tell that they they didn't want to hang out with me in certain moments because they didn't think I was cool enough for mm-hmm. them. And, like, I could just, like, and it's tell just that. That's just high school. Like, know. high school has yeah, some it was, weird it was really stupid. status shit that goes on. But, so, like, I stopped talking to them. And the thing is, is we had classes together. Mm-hmm. We sat at tables together. And those are not the moments to have a conversation with someone like that. It's not like having a class with someone and like sitting at a table and there's two other people there with you, a table of four people. That is not the moment to bring up your dirty laundry and be like, <laughs> I have a problem with you. <laughs> so I would like internalize it and I would just Bottom not, up. yeah, not communicate with them. Cause I was like, this is not the time or place to have this conversation. But then there was never a time or place to have the conversation. And then more shit happens. Exactly. And then so I just don't talk to the person. I for, I forgot what my point was. Why did I bring this up? What were we talking about? Um how um <laughs> we're talking about how she categorized all of you and how um you would ignore your communication. Like you would ignore it instead of yeah, yeah, yeah. communicating. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, how it adds up. And then eventually yeah. you explode, basically, with just all of... Like, that's mm-hmm. what I've noticed is when you let that add, the little things add up, like, you explode on a friend, and you say all this shit, and they're like, where is this coming from? Like, yeah. when did that happen? And it's like, bro, this has been in me forever, and I just shut up about it. Yeah. And so there was... So I just, like... At one point, she just texted me, and she was like, I need to know what's up. And and then I was just like... I just had this big paragraph. I was like, you think you're better than me. I can tell that you think you're better than me. You don't want to be my friend. And this was... People are probably going to know who this is just from me describing the story. But, like, we were in STEM together, and I and it was sophomore year, STEM and sophomore year. I was like, I'm not going to have any classes with you. I know you're not going to make an effort to be my friend. Like, it was kind of like I needed to let this person go because I knew it was going to happen anyways. Mm-hmm. Because I, there, I had another friend in particular who also, when we left STEM, we didn't have any classes together. That person made an effort to stay my friend yeah. and cared about me and was a good person. And this other person thought that I wasn't cool enough for them. And, like, I wasn't really into drinking or smoking in high school. And they, because I wasn't into it, they didn't want to hang out with me. 
and I knew that like once we didn't have classes together, once we didn't have anything in common. Oh, this was it because she thought because it was convenient to be oh, my friend. Oh yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, that like it was it was gonna get to the point where our friendship wasn't real. It wasn't. Mm -hmm. It was out of convenience. She had no one else to talk to. She had no one else to hang out with, and she wasn't my friend because she cared about me. She was my friend because she needed someone to talk to, and I was like. And it's yeah. when you put, like, the biggest thing for what I've been learning is, like, be the nicest person possible, of course, but protect yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not being a bitch protecting yourself and protecting your energies and wasting that energy and stuff. And, like, it's, it's tough because you feel, like you said, like you're playing to people's insecurities, you're being rude, but if you are being genuine, you are being you, the rawest form of you there's no, the only thing a person can get mad about is something within themselves and then take mm -hmm. it out on you, you know? And like, it sucks. Like I'm at a point with that where I'm just eating people's anger all day. Like, <laughs> like I'm being, I'm saying how I feel and I'm being a hundred percent. And like, I'm gonna, like my sister, I give her, like we talk, she's a vegan. She's working mm -hmm. on being a vegan. So we talk a lot about dieting and like, a, she was talking about spinach and I was like, oh, I've learned you, like, you can't eat spinach unless you cook it. Like, it's, it, you're gonna oh, get really? kidney stones. Yeah. And oh, like, really? I've, I've heard it multiple times. Like, there, people are like, you need to cut spinach out if you're eating it. Like, yes, it is good. It doesn't taste like anything. It has good nutritional value. But no, I hate spinach. <laughs> if you're gonna, if you're gonna eat it, cook it. And, um. I like it on pizza. Yeah. It's and it's cooked pizza. though. Did you yeah. just have to break down that? I never eat it raw. You just have to break the cell membrane down because you can't digest it and then it builds up a film in your kidneys and the next thing you know, you're pissing out kidney stones. But um, I was, I said that to my sister and she was just like, yeah, whatever. Like, that's you. And I'm uh, like, it wasn't me trying to be like, no, like that's a bad dieting thing for you. Like, cause I was literally just trying to help her, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, but I just had to, like, you just kind of have to swallow it sometimes, you know? Like, sometimes people don't want to listen. Yeah. They just don't. Like, I, I struggle with this a little. Like, sometimes my dad tries to give me dieting advice. And I, I kind of hate it when he tries to give me dieting advice. Because, like, I don't know. He always tells me that I need to have a protein shake after I work out. And, like... that's a, It's different for everybody. I, I don't really think protein shakes are a good thing for me. Because, like, I'm small. And if I overeat protein, it can cause me to gain weight. And since I'm not vegan, vegetarian, I have meat every day, like in my in my meals, like whether it be like fish or chicken or or beef or whatever. Like I'm afraid of overeating protein. I don't feel the need that I for a protein shake. Mm -hmm. But he he just every time I work out, he's like, you need a protein shake. You need something after you work out. And I'm like, and I prefer to just not eat anything. Yeah. Or like have an apple. Like. I don't need a protein shake. It's whatever, like, I, the biggest thing, just do whatever, like, me, Justin, and Steven have been working out together and doing mm -hmm. the same diets with each other forever, and they didn't work for me. They worked for them, didn't work for mm -hmm. me, frustrated me, because it's like, I'm putting in the same work, not getting the same thing. None of us work out together. None of us talk about eating. We talk about what works for us and give each other tips, and we've, we have a lot of the similarities, but Justin has to work out on an empty stomach and then eat a big meal with this protein shake after. I can't work out on an empty stomach because I need energy for my workout. Same. So I eat before, but when you do that, you you um you want to drink a protein shake before because with um with the calories and the protein powder, your muscles will have the most protein synthesis while working out before because if you 
are digesting while you're working out and then have protein again after it's just not as effective it still work like mm -hmm. not as effective by such a small percentage mm -hmm. it's just i just get into this shit because mm -hmm. i like it you know yeah. and but we all like but right now justin's talking about bulking and he's doing it he he likes to do intermittent fasting where he eats two meals mm -hmm. i eat four meals a day and i eat like 30 i eat 3000 3200 calories a day you know and it's just because my body needs that i I wake up at 6 a.m. and I run, I do core, and then I go to work, mm -hmm. which is physically taxing for eight hours, and then I need a meal, I need a lunch, and then I need a meal right after work because I'm beat, and then I work out, and then I need a meal after working out with a protein shake, and like, mm -hmm. that's what's worked for me, you know? And Sounds like, like you got a routine going. <laughs> it took all summer, and it took two weeks of the most stomach pain I've ever felt in mm -hmm. my life, and I'm telling you, like, that stomach, when I talk about having bad times making feel good, like, every morning when I have a good poop, I, like, <laughs> feel so good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just because, and, like, if my emotions aren't there, if my mental state's not there, I'm like, you know what? Your stomach's working. You, you gotta be happy about that. Because yeah. for a couple weeks there, when, you're st when your stomach doesn't work, you can't think. Yeah. You literally like cannot think. A lot of people, what puts them off of dieting and, like, exercise and stuff is the fact that they they can't deal with the bad times of trying to figure out what's good for them. Because like, they think one diet works. Yeah, like the thing, like for me when I like st had stopped eating carbs, like at that point I could have just given up and been like, oh, I feel fatigued, like it's probably from working out, blah, blah, blah. But no, I was like, I took the time I thought about it, I was like, you know what, like I have been eating like zero carbs a day. Like my carbs were basically like apples and strawberries, which have like, they, they don't have it's not enough carbs. carbs. Yeah. So that's just sugars, but good yeah. sugars for digestion and yeah. vitamins that you also need. Yeah, but it's a, just a different part of the diet. Yeah, know? so like I like sat down and I thought about it and it's like, you know what? Like let's try eating toast every day and yeah. see how you feel and then like instantly I could like I don't think just toast was enough for me, but like I could tell I was starting to feel better I was like this is starting to work. Yeah, and like I could have just given up and been like, I feel fatigued, like, there's like, this isn't working out for me, like, mm -hmm. I need a rest or recover or whatever. Yeah. But no, I like... It's easy to give up. Yeah, it's it's easier to give up than, like, figure out a problem. A hundred percent. And it makes you find a solution. But, um, I know you've listened to a couple, but do you, I have the guest pick the intro song. Do you mm -hmm. have one that you had in mind? I had... So I had one in mind when I was coming here, and then like we started talking about like people changing, and I just changed my mind. So I I like Yes I'm Changing by Tame Impala. Yes I'm Changing by Tame Impala. What's it yeah. about? Um. And if you don't know and you just like the rhythm, that's totally fine. Yeah, I I honestly don't focus on lyrics a lot. Like I'm uh, when I listen to music, I'm I'm more of like a like a beat listener. Yeah. Like listening because I took music production senior year, so now that's I like what, it's like how people that's what say Gabe was saying yesterday. It's like how people say, um, when you take a film class you never watch a movie the same again. Mm -hmm. Like you only think about camera shots. Like honestly when I watch a movie, all I think about are camera shots, plot devices, character building. Like I can't that's, sit that's so funny. and it's not it, people say that doing that stuff ruins the experience. It doesn't ruin the experience. It changes the experience. Different. And yeah, and, and like it can change it for for better or for good. Like I like watching movies that way. After taking music prod, I can't listen to a song without thinking of all the different parts going in. Interesting. Like I hear one little thing coming into just my right 
earphone and I'm, and then I just think of Audacity and all of those clips breaking down <laughs> and stuff. Like I just have that image in my brain of like so every cool. track being different and like how it yeah, works. Yeah, I don't listen stuff. to podcasts the same, you know, like it just happens. Yeah. It's, but where that's awesome. This was yeah. an amazing conversation mm-hmm. and like, like you, it's so possible to have conversations like this when you're genuine, you know, mm-hmm. and both people understand, like there's parts where you disagree, but that's your opinion, you know, like, and yeah. that's your perspective. And, like, I respect your opinion, even if I disagree, just as much as I could tell you respected mine. 100%. And that's, that's what it's all about. So good. <laughs> Word. Peace out.